Bing bong. All right. <laughs> fuck your life. Let's do it. Hello and welcome. <laughs> fuck your life. <laughs> fuck your life. <laughs> Hello and fuck your life. I'm best boy Bing bong. <laughs> Done. 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 <laughs> Podcasted. Should we start? Yeah, I'm okay. ready. You ready? I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I mean, we could have. You could have just used that that intro. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Best Boys Podcast. I'm Best Boy Dan. And I'm Best Boy Justin. And we're here to pod some casts at you and talk about winter 2022. That's right, oh, Best I Buds. I did not mean to rhyme. <laughs> That's, a, hey, you know what? It worked. You know, this is uh, this is episode one, season two. So welcome. Yeah, welcome. Uh, we made it. Um, we haven't changed the opening yet, but you know. We'll get Don't you. worry about it. It's like... We're bleeding into the second season with the same opening. It happens. Yeah, because shows. we had some time off, so we wanted you to recognize, you know, hey, the show's back. This yeah. is the song you're comfortable with. You know, you know yeah, it. Yeah. Um, but we're coming at you with a ton of all the shows you should be watching for winter 2022. Uh, spoiler. And at least one that you should not be. <laughs> and spoiler, uh, it's a pretty light season, but there's there's some hidden gems. There there's some fun things in there. Um, but first we got a little bit of news and, uh, of course your usual banter. Yeah. So let's jump right on into it, uh, with our, uh, winter 2022 episode. Uh, and what I wanted to kind of just talk about a little bit, um, is some manga. So welcome to uncle Justin's manga corner. Um, I've been kind of like looking into a lot of newer manga lately because a lot of the stuff I was reading that was kind of somewhat long running, um, is coming to an end or has already come to an end. Um, so I find myself in that unique position where I end up reading a bunch of stuff that I don't necessarily like, this and is, then this is also where we end up into like some some interesting territory. Yeah, well, we're gonna have some of that too because I find up I end up with like stuff that I don't like, weird, weird out there stuff, and then like some hidden gems that I really uh, like. Um, so the first one that I wanted to talk about was a manga called Tetsugaku Letra uh, by Sahara Mizu. And this one is actually about flamenco dancing. Oh. Um, so I'm just going to read the synopsis real quick. In middle school, Ichinose Kamitaka taught his friends how to play basketball. Despite his experience with the sport, uh, his friends quickly outmatched him in skill. After an incident brought on by his frustration and jealousy, he was crushed to overhear those same friends discussing how they wish he'd just kill himself. On his way to toss out his special basketball shoes, he met a girl who was just as frustrated, throwing her own dancing shoes away. She was so tall and her hands and feet are so large that she had been rejected from her chosen hobby of Spanish dancing. He urged her to give basketball a try and the two exchanged their shoes instead of throwing them away. As he enters high school, Kimitaka learns that meeting him changed the girl's life for the better and now she is a happy social basketball player. Will Kimitaka be able to find the courage to make new friends and pursue his own talents? Um, this one, ha this one was surprisingly a really, really good and interesting manga. It had been on my to read list for a while, but I just never picked it up because every time I looked at it, I'm like, eh, dancing manga, not interested, but it's really not. It's more of a drama. Um, and, uh, it's I mean, you, 
the best way to tell a drama is through dance. Exactly, of course, with the the, the song of your body. Um, <laughs> but no, this one's also good because it gives you one of those unique stories with a protagonist that you that does shitty things and is a shitty person and you don't like, mm-hmm. like kind of like a silent voice or something like that. So um, you know, I definitely give this one a shot if you're looking for a kind of an off the beaten path you know drama with an interesting twist. Um, the next one with a very interesting twist is Shed Ryugasaki-san by Kazutomo Ichi, uh, Ichitomo. Um, and that one is about Ryugaki-san, who is a lizard girl. Her tongue is like that of a chameleon's, her hands are like that of a gecko's, and she even has a third eyelid. Due to her unique biological makeup, she sheds her skin multiple times uh, per year. This wouldn't ordinarily be an issue, but she suddenly finds herself, or rather her skin, the target of a classmate's affections. The peculiar Yugami-kun has a particular interest in reptiles, and Ryugasaki-san's unique physiological features have caught his inquisitive, meticulous eye. Thus begins the story of a budding romance between two very unusual individuals. With a bit of luck, Ryugasaki-san can show the hapless Yugami-kun that there's more to her than her reptilian anatomy. Um, this one is weird. This is the weird one. I, in case you couldn't no. tell by the everything I just said. <laughs> I mean, it seems perfectly normal on it, the surface. It is very not normal. It is really weird. It's kind of problematic in some ways. And it's like, uh, it's just so weird. But I couldn't put it down. It was so weird. It's like, I need to like know where this is, is it going. Good? It's like, okay. Like, if you're into weird shit, you'll like it. Um, most people probably wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend it. But for some reason, there is an English release available of this one. At least one volume uh, is out. Uh, unlike the one I just talked about, uh, Tetsugaku Letra, that one you kind of have to see the guy in the back alley for. There is no official English translation available. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that after I talk about My Divorced Cryberry, uh, Crybaby Neighbor by at Zugoya. You'll notice that's a Twitter handle. That'll be important in a second. Um... The story uh, goes like this. Oshiai-san is an ordinary woman who recently went through a divorce. Years of marital neglect have chipped away at her self-esteem, making her more reserved and depressed. However, there is one light at the end of her tunnel. Her next-door neighbor, Sawatari-kun. Can he help bring her out of her shell? Uh, I just realized that I said at the end of her tunnel, and that's not a great way to word that, but I stole this from online. So, um, But this one's really interesting in that it's self-published. So this is kind of the reason why I wanted to talk about manga this week, is that there have been a lot of, like, one of the one of the big things lately has been mangaka not getting, like, going for serialization or not, like, publishing through normal, traditional means, but actually just publishing their work on Twitter, uh, or on Pixiv in in a lot of other cases because now has like a Patreon kind of based service. Well, that's like um, a lot of manhwa in general is yeah. like that kind of different like more online focused uh, service style. Yeah, well, like before there was like webtoons, like the the website webtoons, like webtoons were just like manhwa that were self published, like, yeah, like just wherever published like comics. Those have been around since the internet. Yeah, but it's becoming really, really, uh, it's coming really popular, and I actually really enjoy this artist. Um, he has a really cool way of using color, which is not always an option when you have a serialization, because you're in a black and white, you know, weekly manga book, you can't use color, whereas he, or she, they, I don't even know, um, who only publishes online can use color freely without having to worry about, like, getting a special color insert for the book or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually found this one through uh, one of their other manga, which was Demon Mother, My Son is So Cute, I Just Can't Help Myself, which I think I, I showed you briefly. <laughs> um, 
but uh, yeah, I, I there's only a fan translation available at this point. Um, but I would recommend um, throwing the artist a couple dollars on Pixiv just because they're great. Um, and also yeah. would recommend, you know, if you do... My official stance on fan translations is if there isn't an English uh, copy available and you do really enjoy the manga, uh, like a fan translation... Buy the buy the buy one of the Japanese volumes on like Bookwalker or something just so like give the give the the publisher you know a couple bucks you know yeah. whatever whatever the case there are ways be. to support publishers yeah there there. are always ways to support like I'm I'm not gonna say no one should ever use fan translations it's not, it's not the Wild West it once was yeah I'm not gonna say no one should use fan translations but like you know support the artists they're great um, also more things should come out in English yes I agree get the get those translator jobs going. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about this week is just, uh, just a quick aside with, which is Gunpla Bingo. Um, Best Boy Dan has been doing a lot more Gunpla lately. Um, and <laughs> one of the, one of the, the Gunpla, um, YouTubers I watch a lot, Zaku Aurelius, he released like a 2022 Gunpla Bingo card designed to like diversify your hobby. So like it has like little spaces for like buy a kit build a, an HG, build an MG, do water slides, build a tank model, like where you just like, you can complete them and like maybe like put a picture of the completed build like in the slot. Um, and I thought it was really cool. So I'm actually going to be doing it this year. Mm -hmm. um, I will post my updates on the Instagram channel. That's oh, at bestboys underscore pod. Best boy Dan can do it too. Um, you guys can do it at home. You can find him at, at Zaku Aurelius, I believe, um, for the bingo card. But I am also going to be posting it on our Instagram, you yeah. know, as a part of the post with the completed build. So you'll be able to find it there as well. Uh, but I thought it would be a really cool opportunity to kind of do some new stuff. Um, you know, really kind of uh, diversify my hobby. Yeah, well, <clears throat> that leads pretty much into my banter section, which is that Best Boy Justin has given me a crippling gunbla addiction. Yes, I have. Oh, it's rough, man. How many kits have you have you? Built? I don't want to talk about. It. Yeah, right. Uh, right now, I have how many kits do I have built? Like six. Yeah, and you've got how many in the backlog? Too many. First of all, too many. Yeah. Um, right now, like eight. Wow, your backlog yeah. is almost as big as mine now. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna build a whole bunch of them coming up. Um, yeah. it's so. I really enjoyed um, Iron Blooded Orphans, and I and I enjoyed everything that I like learned in our uh, Gundam episode. Uh, and part of it was that I built my first Gunpla. As mm -hmm. part of it, you purchased one for me, which was a heavy arms, and it was a heavy arms. And I did the whole thing. I like cut cut it out. I put it together. Did the panel lining. Did the uh, top coat. Finally, like mm -hmm. that took so long for the weather to be right and us to be free. Like yeah. that was. A difficult combination to get um but it it ended up really cool and i really enjoyed the hands-on aspect of it the kind of like getting to put something together it you know tickled the same fancy i had as like a kid playing with legos yeah um and it's just like a fun little piece to have at the end and like i enjoy collectibles that don't take up a ton of space and there are some Gundams that take up a large amount of shelf space, but for the majority of them, they're like reasonable pieces of collector memorabilia to deal with. Yeah, they're not super huge, but you know, they also don't feel insignificant. 
Yeah, and I have, like, a nice little system going right now where I have, like, a shelf of plants because one of my other hobbies is horticulture. And uh, that is, that's the right word, right? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I like plants. and I, I think uh, horticulture is specifically plants-shaped like things. Yeah, my plants are shaped like plants. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I give you that. I, like... I should have known but yeah, anyway, uh, so I have like a bunch of plants in my apartment that I take care of, and I have my uh, gunpla posed with with them. So it's a nice little blending of my hobbies. But, yeah. Uh, but it's been it's been really enjoyable. So I uh, I encourage people to get out there and try it. Like if even if you just like watched Gundam Wing a little bit as a kid on Toonami, like it's just kind of a fun way to pass a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, like, definitely. You know, people do puzzles or, you know, play board games or whatever. Like, do this with a family member. It's... Yeah, and they're not super expensive either. They're like, you know, 20 bucks for an HG kit, 12 bucks if you want to get like a like an SD, like a smaller one. Yeah, and you can use wire cutters to cut it out. Or you can be like my niece who uh, we got a little like uh, Hello Kitty uh, gunpla like mashup set who like hulked out and ripped all the pieces out with her bare hands. Please don't do that. Uh, she put it together. She did a great job. Please don't. Um, so, it, you know, it's, I think it's, it's a lot of fun and I would encourage people to, to get out there and try it. You don't even have to be a huge Gundam fan to, to enjoy that as yeah, a hobby. Absolutely. Like, yeah, I started with building just, you know, Gundams from shows that I've watched, which is a lot of them granted, but I've definitely branched out into building and, you know, in interesting kits that are from shows that I don't like. So like. I don't really enjoy Build Fighters all that much, and I haven't watched Build Divers, but, like, I do love the Gundams from them, so, like, being able to get them and build them, you know, without really getting too invested in the show has been nice. It's it's made me want to watch more Gundam shows, because, yes. like, I, I'm yes. building the kits, and I'm like, this one's really cool, and I'm like, I want to watch where it came from. Yeah, you should. Maybe we'll watch Battle Log together. Maybe yeah. we'll do that. Uh, I'm going to watch the new one when it airs. The... Oh, Witch of Mercury? Yeah, yeah. we're going to talk about that in a second. I think probably that's a really good time for us to segue on uh, into Studio WEEB for some anime news! I wish we were smart enough to have actually planned that. Yeah, but... we really kind of weren't. <laughs> but but I'll take it anyway. That's yeah. a good transition. But yeah, so you know we're here in the anime news, and uh, I just a heads up for you best buds out there. I have all the Gundam news this week. It's a Gundam! There's all of it out there, and I have it. (laughs) We haven't talked about Gundam enough this episode. No, we're going to keep talking about it. And that first piece of Gundam news we have is that the official website for Mobile Suit Gundam, The Witch from Mercury, uh, the first new Gundam television anime series in seven years, has announced that the anime will premiere in October during the Nietzsche 5 slot on Sundays at 5 p.m. Japanese time. That's 3 a.m. here on the East Coast. um, On MBS and TBS's network of stations. Um... Koji Fujiwara, the Bandai Namco, Bandai Namco Entertainment's chief Gundam officer, which is, again, the job I wish I had, um, has stated at the Dai Nikai uh, Gundam conference last September when the anime was first announced that uh, we are aiming to create a work that even young generations will support. Uh, he added, we are making bigger developments than ever before. Um, so this marks the first brand new TV series in the Gundam universe since Iron-Blooded Orphans. Um, there haven't been any hints regarding whether the series will take place in an already established Gundam timeline or if it'll have one of its own. If I had to guess, I'd say we're probably looking at a new Gundam timeline, but that's like kind of just my opinion. 
Um, it's not really based on any hard facts, but the kind of statement from Fujiwara we just listened to um, lead me to believe that they're kind of looking for a new direction for a modern audience, and I think it would be hard to do in an alternate universe that already has like some baggage to it, you know? Mm. Um, but hey, who knows? Maybe they'll set something much, much later in the UC or, you know, find a timeline and kind of just do something fun to it. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to watch this. Yeah. I will definitely watch this as it airs. I think it'll be interesting to have that as an experience because I don't think I've ever experienced that with Gundam where I've watched the watch show. Watch it while as, it aired, yeah. yeah. The only one I've ever watched like while it was airing for the first time was probably um, was the second season of IBO. Mm. Um, I think, I don't know, when it was running on Toonami, would Gundam Wing have been going through its first... I don't think I would have been I watching mean, it yet. It, it was like essentially... I guess you could say that. I guess yeah. like Wing back in the day. But like I guess I haven't watched it like as an adult. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and there's something different about like watching a show as it airs weekly versus like binge watching, watching it. it. Yeah. Um, so I think that'll be a really good experience. And uh, along with some new Gundam release news, we also have that Sunrise's Gundam.info website has unveiled the cast story and a June 3rd opening date for the mobile suit Gundam Kukuru's Dones Island anime film. Uh, the story for this one is set in the UC. Um, it's set after the Federation defense of Jaburo, with the Federation planning to renew offensives on Zeon's invasion headquarters in Odessa. Amuro and the White Base head to Belfast to resupply, but the White Base receives new orders to head to the Island of No Return to search and destroy any Zeon stragglers. Amuro sets off on the island in search of Zeon spies, but finds a group of children and a Zaku mobile suit on the supposedly uninhabited island. With the Gundam left behind, Amuro encounters a man who calls himself Kukuru's Don. After uh, uncovering the secret of the island, Amuro attempts to make his way back to the Gundam to escape. Um, now, the film's orig uh, original announcement described the film as a retelling of the 15th episode of the original Mobile Suit Gundam television anime. That episode itself has been omitted from English releases of the series, mm. uh, which means you can only find it on like a DVD release or if you know a guy in the alley. I have seen it. It's an interesting episode, but I understand why they didn't um, release it in why? English because it's got a very strong anti-war message that doesn't that didn't jive with like american audiences at the time hmm. um so like uh i think it'll be really interesting to see that made into a movie and i've seen the trailer for it i don't know if you've watched the trailer for it but yeah. it looks amazing it uses the updated uh gundam designs um the more modern ones it doesn't look like just a block of blue white and yellow like it kind of looks like the rg you've seen the rg um RX-78 kit, right? With all the really cool decals yeah, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. It has that. So it has Ooh. all of the painted on markings. Okay. It looks gorgeous. Um, the animation looks really cool. Uh, I really can't wait for this. This is going to be really interesting. Um, I don't know when we're going to get mm, a North gonna America release. They're going to have some release. nice kits from it. What's that? They're going to have some nice kits Oh, yeah. We, we're definitely going to see like a Kukuru's version uh, RX-78. We'll definitely get a Zaku in there too, like a customized Zaku. Um, so it's going to be really good. I'm hoping that the North American release is not too far afterwards. I mean, I guess it would be ideal if it were in the fall, because then we also have uh, Witch of Mercury starting, too, in October. Um, so having all that together will it's be gonna pretty, be pretty awesome. It's going to be a Gundam fall. It is going to be a Gundam fall, hopefully. Um, and for my final piece of Gundam news here today, um, Sunrise has announced that it will become uh, it will be becoming Bandai Namco Filmworks as of April first, twenty twenty two. 
Uh, Bandai Namco Arts and Bandai Namco Marketing will merge with Sunrise to form the new entity. Sunrise President Makoto Asanuma will assume the role as president and CEO of Bandai Namco Filmworks. Um, in an official press release, Bandai Namco explains that this is restructuring will uh, better leverage their expertise. Uh, Sunrise has been in the company's portfolio for decades. Uh, Bandai acquired the anime studio in 1993, uh, years before it merged with Namco in 2006, establishing Bandai Namco. Um, in April 2022, Bandai Namco will introduce a new corporate logo, and all companies with Bandai Namco in their names will use this new logo. Um, there's a fair amount of controversy about this amongst terminally online otakus. Um, I say controversy, but there are really only two camps, people who don't like the name change and everyone else who just doesn't really care. Um, but, uh, it, this is, this is big. I mean, a lot, yeah. the people who are, the people who are frustrated with it do have a point. Um, you know, Sunrise is like an iconic, um, anime studio. Like I can picture their logo just in my head. Yeah. Um, so, you know, having it change, even though, you know, it's been unofficially under Bandai, Bandai runs everything that happens with, you know, Sunrise, um, for a long, long time now, just having it be this whole new entity, um, can be jarring for a lot of people. So I understand where they're coming from, but also like, come on. I mean, it's, well, it's just a larger symptom of everything getting rolled up into like three mega corporations. Yeah. But I mean, we're getting Zabatsu's. That's a whole other plot thread to go down. Mm. <laughs> um, but I, I feel you on that. It's, it's rough to see those things go away. Yeah. Um, well, Best Boy Justin went over all the Gundam news, so I guess I'm going to talk about the VTuber news. I guess you are. <laughs> um, did you did you watch this music video? I haven't watched the music video yet. Um, okay. I have seen Mori's... Uh, well, I'll let you you tell the thing. Yeah, so um, Mori uh, Calliope, Calliope um, <laughs> and Gaugura, uh get rebellious with an animated music video. Um, so they uh, released a music video for their new song, Q, on Friday. Uh, the song features uh, the two VTubers as they duke it out in a gang war. That sounds awesome. <laughs> um, Vocaloid composer Deco27 composed the track and collaborated with Mori uh, Calliope on the lyrics. The music video was animated by Massachusetts. Massachusetts-based animator K.U. Uh, Rigu Rumu, Ruma and uh, produced the music video. Uh, Chaiki Natsumi handled the mixing and Rockwell arranged the song. Um, it's a it's a cute little you know music video. It's a yeah. good little mashup of the two of them. If you're into them, you should check it out. Yeah, I mean Calliope has some really good music videos. Actually, the yeah. um, the Shinigami Reaper one was really good. Yeah. Um, she's like in general like a really really good like vocalist and like rapper. Um, yeah, and which I, I never saw coming. They're capitalizing on it. <laughs> they I really think they are. recognized it pretty early on, and they're like, "Yep." I I never would have called it because like I I remember when all of the Hollow Live Myth you know uh, VTubers were released like had their debut. And, like, I never thought, like, watching Callie's first couple streams, like, oh, yeah, she's going to be, like, a music sensation. Like, I had seen one of her karaoke streams, like, yeah, she can sing, like, but Gura can also sing. And even though Gura's in this music video, it's not her primary thing, mm. um, which it's kind of becoming for K Calliope. So that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing a lot more of that with her, so... Uh, but I think maybe they're trying to get Gao Gura on this, too. Maybe. I mean, Gura can sing. Like, her karaoke streams are pretty good. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they'd try and, you know, diversify 
get all that revenue coming in. I mean, well, that's what they do with VTubers just release, in Japan too. You know, singles yeah. and just rake in cash. Yeah, that's what they do. That's what they do with the VTubers in Japan. So not too, no too big of a surprise to see it happening here. But like, I just never expected it would be Cali. <laughs> yeah. Um, on another uh, music-related topic, um, the Pokemon has released a sound library for the Pokemon Diamond and Pearl games. Uh, this is. Interesting on a few different layers. So we'll get into the story and then we'll kind of talk about the overall meaning of all of it. Okay. But, uh, users can freely download, use music in uh, specific non-commercial contexts. The Pokemon Company International released the English version of the game sound library for the Pokemon uh, Diamond and Pokemon Pearl games on Wednesday. The site allows the users to download and use the game's original soundtracks in specific non-commercial contexts outlined in the guidelines. The service additionally offers playlists and sampling selection uh, featuring remixes of the game's music by other artists. Uh, for the first available track is uh, On My Way to Glory by Generations from Exile Tribe member Alan Shirahama, who reinterprets the Pokemon Center and battle theme, uh, trainer battle themes. Nice! So... Uh, the idea behind this is to give people a free use uh, selection of music to have under their streams, yeah. basically. That won't get copyright struck. Which so is... that is good on the surface. Yeah. Oh, okay. Is it bad, actually? Well, so... It wouldn't be an issue if Nintendo wasn't, yeah. like, so crazy litigious about all That's of it. That's what I was going to say. Like, there is so many problems with, like, <laughs> YouTubers and, like, copyright strikes. And because specifically, of... like, Pokemon is really bad about it. So there was a while during uh, Pokemon Sun and uh, Moon right. where there's this specific battle mechanic, like, the thing uh, that you have in that game, like the the trick of right. that game, which was like these crystals that would do these like ultimate moves, right? Mm -hmm. And you could use the ultimate move like once per battle. Um, and it had a special animation. And every time they had it on a stream, they copyright struck really? uh, the Eevee one specifically. Weird. So like people had to take it out of all their streams because all of their videos were getting like strikes on them mm -hmm. uh, and not just like, not just like a, Hey, take it down. Like a strike that thing. Like where if you get three of them, like your channel gets shut down. Yeah. So it like, they don't have a great history of this. So right. there is that side of it. It is nice that they are making this available, but the flip side to it is like Nintendo don't be so litigious where you need this. Yeah. That's so weird. Specifically the Eevee. Okay. Well, you know, what do you think, Best Buds? Are you going to listen to some some hot Pokemon jams? Um, I am. <laughs> you are. Are you going to build a Gundam? Are you going to watch all the Gundam? Let us know. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at bestboys underscore pod or send us an email at thebestboyspod at gmail.com. And with all that being said, it's time to dive right on into it for the meat and potatoes of this week's episode. So help me God, Justin. Yeah? You have to say it this time. Oh, do I, I actually have to say it? I listen back through so many times, and like every time I'm like, Justin, and you're like, I'm not saying it. And then I have to come <laughs> up with some crazy-ass thing. You can help me out and you can say it. Meat and potatoes. All right, now say it again. Meat and potatoes. Great, now we're good. Meat and potatoes. 
disgusting. I feel I need a shower. <laughs> Very hot shower. <laughs> All right, so the meat and potatoes for this week. Uh, it is winter 2022. We got a lot of shows coming back. We got a couple brand new shows. We're going to talk about them. Um, but to be entirely honest with you, Dan, this season was very manageable. Yeah. Um, I, you know, there's a lot of like interesting shows, but honestly, there's a, not a lot of them that I'm going to keep up with afterwards. Yeah, and I mean, this show, to, to put in perspective like how light this sh- this season has been compared to other seasons, I have, I made a commitment to and succeeded in watching three, the first three episodes of every show that's new to this season. I did not. <laughs> yes, you did not, but that's okay, because I did. Um, so that doesn't obviously include, like, you know, returning stuff or, like, sequel shows. Um but uh but yeah so i managed to to get that done um and i feel like it, the only reason why i was able to do it was because um because there were not as many like huge shows out right now and also because we started a little later in the season than we usually do cuz we had our uh ova series yes yeah. um but yeah so uh the shows that hit hit so i think we should jump right into yeah, it yeah let's start with the returning season yeah uh up first we have attack on titan the final season part two airing and all of these dates are uh the japanese air date yeah. you will extrapolate to where you are accordingly yeah um airing mondays uh it is airing here in the u.s on crunchyroll and funimation and uh, probably other services too it comes to us from mappa who gave us Jujutsu Kaisen, uh, Dororo, uh, Dororo uh, God of High School, Zombieland Saga, Doro Hey Doro, Hajimono Ipo Rising, uh, Remain, and Yasuke. And it, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's so good. It is. It's really, really good. It's taking, it's taking directions that I never could have predicted beforehand. Um, it's really, really good. Like, I don't know really what else to say about it. I saved it for, like, one of the last shows to watch because I knew I wasn't going to be able to stop at just three. Like, I wouldn't, once I picked it up, I knew I was going to have to catch up. Yeah. So, that's what happened. It's, <laughs> it's so good, though. Like, it's, I, we'll have to, I think we just need to have a good long talk about it once the season ends. Oh, yeah. Once the season ends, we're going to have a whole episode about this show. Because there's just, there's too much to say about it. And and we can't even talk about this season, like, really, without spoiling so much. But yeah. it's just, it's a whole new place for, for the show to go to. It keeps you guessing. It's very interesting. Um, it's definitely not what you expect um, um, the story to do. It's also wild, because I just, I don't know how many episodes there are. So, like, I don't have any anticipation of when it's going to end. Which is kind of adding to the fun of the ride. Yeah. It's a really good show. Um, um, up next is uh, Demon Slayer, the Entertainment District arc. Uh, it airs on Sundays. You can catch it on Crunchyroll and Funimation. Uh, it comes to us from Uf- uh, Ufotable, UFO Table. I've, I've, I've gone with Ufotable. I think it's just Yeah. Uh, who did Fate Zero, Fate Stay Night, Unlimited Blade Works, and uh, previous Demon Slayer. Yeah. Um, Best Boy Justin has not watched the last three episodes of yeah, it. Yeah, two or three, something like I'm tattling on you. But it is wild. Oh, my God. This show is crazy. Yeah. And I am 
honestly, after we do this podcast, I think we should watch those next three episodes. Maybe. Maybe let's watch Eurocamp, though. Um, oh, okay. That sounds nice, too. <laughs> um, but, oh, my God, you have to watch it because it is so cool this battle is insane it goes on for like eight nine episodes i mean that's your typical demon slayer fair right there oh it's i mean so i have good. watched i it's not like i haven't seen any part of the like i watched the first three or four episodes that came out of the of this season um and it is very good like we've got we already know what the the primary uh cosplay at next year's anime nyc is gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be adult nezuko um Oh, I thought it was going to be um, uh, the uh, Hashira. What's his name? Maybe the Hashira, like, kind of, too. But He's I feel like great. we're, we're going to see a million adult Nezikos. Like, it's going to yeah. happen. And I'm, you know what? To be entirely honest with you, we deserve it. I, it's weird that they just looted her all of a sudden. Well, I feel more comfortable about it, the fact that she's an adult when they do it. Like... It's still I weird, guess, but, but she fluctuates between adult and child. But I guess that happens. You get a that lot too. Well, you get that too in Jahi. You know, yeah. there's a lot of Why? age swap Why stuff. Is that a thing that happens a lot? I mean, it's because it's a it's a trope to explore. You know, yeah, it's a taboo to to unpack. But it's a good. It's a this show is amazing. Like the 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 story they're telling, the way they kind of weave in this like new power system that didn't exist in the first season. Um, it's kind of seamless. The animation is amazing as always. Like when, like when he does the, the fire dance, I'm always just amazed. Like, oh, this is just so good. Yeah. Um, this is, uh, this is the, the bar is set for, you know, fights yeah. for the rest of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, even, you know, both of these could not really compete against each other in, for anime of the year of 2022, but they definitely you know, Attack on Titan and Demon Slayer were competing in, like, if we put them head-to-head, it would be tough, you know? Yeah. Um, but um, next up we have uh, 86 Part 2, and the reason that this one's on the list is because of, uh, as we've mentioned before on the pod, just a major uh, production delay. But that's um, that's uh, going to be starting back up on March 12th. It airs on Sundays, uh, and you can catch it on Crunchyroll from A1 Pictures, who did Sword Art Online, your Lion April, Fairy Tale, Darling in the Franks, Kaguya-sama, Love is War, uh, Seven Deadly Sins, Wodokoi, Gate, Ero Manga Sensei, Blend S, and Fate Apocrypha. Um, so yeah, not a whole lot to say about uh, 86 other than, you know, there is a production delay, you know, the, for the last couple episodes. So we will be getting the tail end of that um, this season starting in March. Um but uh, best boy Dan, we've got another one that uh, the... yeah, I'm I'm just gonna kind of blast through the next two because I don't have too much to say because I haven't had a chance to watch them, but I did want to put them on people's radar. Shaman King just straight up dropped like forty episodes. Jesus, uh, they had a jailbreak, huh? Yeah, uh, so go to Netflix to check that out if you want uh, if you want some like shonen action. Uh, you you won't be disappointed if you like that kind of old school shonen. Outstanding. So uh, that's cool. And then also Ranking of Kings is still going on. Um, it had a little bit of a delay as well, but I think it's back now. So uh, yeah, I, I had a whole lot to say about it in, in the last few episodes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have continued watching it, by the way. Oh yeah, what, what are you thinking? Really good. I really like it. Um, I think I'm up to episode like 
five or six maybe yeah um it's gonna it's got a really interesting story to tell like the, the i will say without i don't want to give any spoilers or anything but like the first like king he meets is uh. wild on oh his adventure. yeah uh, wait till you meet the next one. Yeah, the the I did the we Despa. Did, where I left off, we did just leave. Well, meet or just meet that that king. Uh, Despa. Yeah, I love Despa. He's great. Yeah, Despa. Um, but moving on, Despa son. Um, yeah. So uh, I would strong recommend Ranking of Kings if you are not checking that out. And the the last one we're going to talk about uh, with like returning shows um, that we have watched because we have a few that uh we haven't been watching but uh want to just like throw out real quick too um let's let's just get it out of the way is yes is world's end harem (laughs) which is on fridays uh you can catch it on crunchyroll somehow (laughs) well we'll explain how it comes to you from studio uh gokumi um they've been releasing things since 2011 but i haven't heard of any of them also studio axes um i haven't heard anything of note from them um so i watched the first three episodes yes, justin pieced out after one episode i did uh, i we... pieced out after re-watching the first episode that i already watched <laughs> uh oh no we watched episode two we did watch episode two yeah together. yeah um it's the basic premise of it is uh, 99.999% of all men on Earth die, and there's a few left, and the only way that uh, humanity can continue on is if they um, have intercourse and uh, produce heirs. Yep. Um, it's a terribly dumb theme. Uh, it is kind of like a contender for, like, why are you making this? Yeah. You know, we were hopeful that it would be kind of funny in a bad way sort of deal. Yeah, kind of like the room. Uh, it's it's rough. It, and the way they got around, like, because they just made something like, you just couldn't air on television. The first episode aired and it was just like, they went, nope. way <laughs> too much nudity. And so they re-released it and they just squiggled over it with black lines. Yeah, no, it, it's it's like, it's, it's really weird. bad. It's weird. It feels it's weird. It's super weird. It's not, it's not like your typical like black bar censorship. It's literally, it looks like, and they move too. It's unsettling. It looks yeah. like like sharpie like dark sharpie marks um it's just weird it would be it would be less weird if it was pixelated or just like black barred like it's, the rays of light it's, anything else um i mean well really they just shouldn't make the show in the really first place. yeah the show should, shouldn't exist um <laughs> though here's what i will say in in the great argument um isekai reviewers is way more porn than this is it's way more porn but it's less upsetting yeah this one is just not good. And then I think the only appeal to it would be the nudity, but they covered that up. So I don't know why anyone would watch this show. Yeah. So. If, you, if you're if you out there and you like this show, let me know why. No. Actually, yeah, don't. I don't want to know. No. <laughs> if you're out there, no. forget that. Forget our Twitter handle, yeah. please. So, so that's, that's the story of World's End Harem. And I think we can uh, successfully put it to bed at this point. Yeah, yeah, totally. Great. Um, so we have a, a section uh, called Returning the Season, but are we missing out? Yeah, maybe. Because um, there's a few shows that have come back and like have been on like kind of our radar recently that are apparently good, but we haven't 
caught up with. Yeah. Um, the first one is the case study of uh, Vanitas Part 2. Um, it airs uh, Saturdays. You can catch it on Crunchyroll. Uh, it comes to us from Bones, which they're a great studio. They did uh, Full Metal Alchemist, uh, the original, and Brotherhood, Noragami, um, Mob Psycho 100, Soul Eater, Orin High School Host Club, Skate the Infinity, Cowboy Bebop Movie, Space Dandy, Carol and Tuesday. Yeah, no, to name a few. Yeah, just the just the broad strokes there. Um, but yeah, the basic like uh, story behind it is that, uh, scorned by, uh, others of his kind and being born under a blue moon, the vampire Vanitas grew afraid and desolate. According to legend, he created a cursed grimmery known as the Book Grim- of Vani... Grimoire? Yeah. I always said grimmery. <laughs> I guess that's not how it's spelled at all. Uh, grimoire, grimoire, known as the Book of Vanitas, and it is said that he would one day use it to bring retribution upon all vampires of the Crimson Moon. Uh, in 19th century Paris, uh, Noé Archiviste, um, it, I, see I can't pronounce names in all in languages, um, is searching for the fabled book of Vanitas whilst traveling aboard an airship. He is saved from a vampire attack by an eccentric doctor who calls himself Vanitas and carries the very tome he seeks. Ironically, the self-proclaimed vampire specialist is a mere human who inherited both his name and the book from his master, the same Vanitas of legend. As the odd case of the charlatan parade crops up, uh... The doctor's ability to restore sanity to vampires by recovering their true name will prove most beneficial. Uh, it was a really interesting theme. Um, it was a beautiful show. I watched like the first couple of episodes of it. Yeah. Um, I I would pick this up again. Okay. Yeah. Um, it sounds interesting. I mean, let me know. If it's any good, uh, I might pick it up as well. Um but one thing that we have on this list that I have been meaning to pick up that I just haven't had a chance to, but, you know, seeing as how it has a season two, it might be a good time to start, um, is How a Realist Hero Rebuilt the Kingdom Season 2. Uh, this one's airing on Sundays from Funimation. Um, and uh, it comes to us from J.C. Staff, who did Toradora, Food Wars, One Punch Man. Oh, is it wrong to pick Toradora. up? Is it wrong to try to pick up Girls in a Dungeon? Prison School, Konos- the Konosuba movie... Uh, a Certain Scientific Railgun, Azumanga Dayo, Karin, Heavy Object, which is a weird and interesting show, uh, and The Duke of Death and His Maid. What's Heavy Object? Heavy Object is like this very... We could go on forever about this show. It's a, it's a <laughs> weird mecha anime. We'll talk about it offline. Okay. Um, it's a interesting show. But um, yeah, this one also looks pretty interesting. Uh, from what I understand, it, I don't have a synopsis for it written out here, but uh, it's basically about like this uh, this guy. He gets like isekai. I saw the first few episodes. Oh, so of tell it. us about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, it's um, guy gets isekai, and then he just uses common sense um, because the kind of kingdom he gets reincarnated into is like in not good financial and like governatorial shape mm-hmm. uh and so he they just kind of make him king because he you know does a bunch of like logical stuff and it's kind of a show about doing paperwork yeah um but it's it's a it's a fun twist on the isekai um and uh, you know it got a second season yeah it, it if shows get a second season in this kind of world of anime i always kind of take a second look at them if i haven't like caught up with them because yeah. usually 
that means they're doing something right. Yeah, and I mean, this one was recommended to me by a, f- a friend of mine who doesn't really watch anime, but uh, they were like, hey, like I like this show, you should watch it. So I was like, okay, I'll put it on the list. But uh, now that it has a season two, I think I definitely should give it a shot. Um, next up on our list, we have Teasing Master Takagi-san Season 3. I'm surprised you haven't watched this. Well, I've read the manga, and yeah. I so like I don't need to watch it, but I do want to. Um and I will pick it up at some point. Uh, but this one's coming on Saturdays from High Dive. Uh, from Shine Animation, they did uh, Doraemon, Those Snow White Notes, and The World Ends With You, the animation. Um, I've seen, I think I actually have seen like maybe the first two or three episodes of the season one. Um, but just got flooded with other stuff that I had to watch instead. But this, uh, the, the the manga at the very least, is very cute, really interesting. Um, it is kind of the most wholesome version of the Nagatoro-san story. <laughs> yeah, they're not making people cry. Yeah, no, she's just, uh, she just like kind of teases and like plays little pranks on her childhood friend. Um, and it's really cute. Um, interestingly enough, this one is coming out on high dive. And what that means is that there are various seasons of this show. I forget how the breakdown actually works available on Crunchyroll, Funimation, Hulu, and high dive. And in order to, if you wanted to watch all three, I think you would need to have Crunchyroll, Funimation, and High Dive. Oh, fun. Um, because I think, like, only one of each is available on each service. Uh, I'd have to double check that, but I know it is split up really weird. Um, so maybe I'm going to I'm gonna wait for this one to finish, and then just, like, do, like, a free trial of High Dive, and <laughs> so I can watch through it. Um, but yeah. Yeah, they took High Dive out of VRV, too. They did. Um... But yeah, the did you want to do the last one? Yeah, uh, up next is uh, Platinum End is continuing on, which uh, I watched the first episode. It looked really like edgelordy, but um, I've actually heard really good things yeah, since it's too. been going on. And, you know, I like a, a death game anime every once in a while. Those are fun. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen a good one in a, in a long while. So if, if they finally made one, I would definitely check that out. Uh, uh, absolutely. Yeah, it, uh, just to catch you up, it airs Fridays. You can catch it on Crunchyroll or Funimation. And it comes to you from Signal MD, who gave us FLCL Progressive, Mars Red, and Recovery of an MMO Junkie, which have you seen? No, but I've heard good things about. You would like that show. I've yeah. seen that one. I think it's up your alley. Okay. Yeah, man, I've definitely heard good things about Platinum End as well. Um, I've actually heard it said as like. If you if you like if you didn't like Death Note because it was too cringe and too edgelordy, you may like this one as something in the same vein, but okay. not not as bad on those fronts. Interesting. Um, so yeah, this definitely uh, maybe worth another look on this one. Yeah, um, but now we get to get into the new shows this season, and we get to talk about objectively the best show of the season. Yeah, we st- we're starting <laughs> off with it because we absolutely cannot help ourselves. Um. <laughs> it is hilarious to me that in the popularity charts, Demon Slayer and Attack on Titan are getting beat by my dress-up darling. Yes. <laughs> this is the show I was telling you all was going to be big this season, and it's finally here, and it's oh big. Oh my god, Best Boy Justin called it. 
Yes. The, the show has taken over the internet. I knew it was going to be big and it came and it hit us. Uh, it's going to be airing on Sundays. And like, to be honest with you, like out of all the shows that we have this season, like every season, there's always one show that I watch the day like, it the comes day out it airs. every Absolutely. week. Absolutely. I feel I mean, the exact same way. Last, it is this show. Yeah. Last season it was Comey and this season it is My Dress Up Darling. Yeah. Same for me. Yeah. I wonder um, if we have the same show every season. That, that I don't is think true. I don't know if we do because for a while mine was the the season before that I think was like eighty uh, six. Oh, um, so we probably don't every same. season, but a lot of seasons I bet we do. Um, yeah, but you, it's definitely this one for this season. Absolutely, and you can catch it on Crunchyroll and Funimation. It comes to us from CloverWorks. <gasps> hold on, um, what's hold up? on. Big warning on yeah. this. Big oh warning. yeah, before we get too deep into it, <laughs> uh, this show is etchy. This, real etchy. This show is... Not real etchy, but... This show is... R17? I would say NC17 is probably... Not NC17. That's like... Oh, what, what's the difference? The, the, like R. Just rated R. Oh, I don't know the ratings apparently then. Um, but yeah, NC17 this... is like between porn and, and R. Oh, okay. It's not that bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like there, this show, the, it, it, you, we're going to talk a little bit about more about it in depth in a minute, but like just keep in mind like this show is about cosplay and it does have etchy moments to it. So like the costumes are etchy. It, it there are changing scenes. Yeah. And like I think, and before you like tune out, like I think they handle it really well. Um, and we're going to talk about it in depth in a second, but let's get some of the <laughs> some of the, the stats out of the way. Um, because this one comes to us from Cloverworks, who is busy as always, especially this season again. Um, and they did Darling in the Franks, Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai, The Promised Neverland, the first and only season, Haremia, and Wonder Egg Priority. Um, and the uh, synopsis of this story is that uh, traumatized by a childhood incident with a friend who took exception to his love of traditional dolls, aspiring Hina doll artisan Wakana, uh, Wakana Gojo passes his days as a loner, finding solace in the home act room at his high school. To Wakana, people like the beautiful Marin Kitagawa, a trendy girl who's always surrounded by a throng of friends, are practically aliens from another world. But when the cheerful Marin, never one to be shy, spots Wakana sewing away one day after school... He barge, uh, she barges in with the aim of roping her quiet classmate into her secret hobby, cosplay. Will Wakana's wounded heart be able to handle the invasion from this sexy alien? Uh, and <laughs> sexy alien. Okay. That sounds like the back of a Harlequin romance novel. Right? Uh, but no, yeah, like we, like we were talking about, this show does have a lot of etchy moments, but that doesn't take away from the fact that it is also a very wholesome rom-com show. Oh, it's such a sweet relationship, like right off the bat, too. Yeah. You have like, a lot I of, love like... them together. They are a very good couple, and, like, they haven't... In the show, they haven't gotten together yet, so, like, you still get that tension, but, like, you can tell, like, they are very supportive of each other, you know, they kind of... It's a really nice relationship, and they're fun, and it's funny. Yeah. Like, this is the show I am laughing out loud at. Yeah, but we, we'd be lying if we said the only thing we <laughs> there is to appreciate about this show is its wholesomeness, because... As we mentioned off the rip, this show is etchy AF. Like, yeah, it is just a meme generator. Somebody is putting their kids through college animating her tits. Like, yeah. they they are not messing around. Nope. Um, but, you know, Eve, that being said, I a lot of people out there probably know, we'll talk about this a little bit more later, I, as, like, I don't go for, like, the super duper etchy stuff, but I feel like this is done in a really, it's done really well. It doesn't feel trashy. Uh, if anything, it just feels funny, you know? Yeah. It, it makes sense in the world of the show. Yeah. 
And I think this is kind of like this and, is. And listen, it, on that note, if that's like your thing, enjoy it. Mm-hmm. If it's not your thing, absolutely. Like, don't watch it. I don't. I don't mention that just to say like like oh like you know if it's just for those etchy weirdos like no like I feel like people if you don't enjoy that kind of thing that's totally fine. I'm not saying that that is weird. I just want to tell you like if you're the type of person who maybe does shy away from some of the etchy stuff because you don't enjoy it. Um, maybe to give this one a second thought, like yeah. because it's not as bad as you might think it is. It, ha- it if you are interested in that kind of story, it has a really good one to tell. Absolutely, I think it, it has just the right like kind if of triangle of it, like funny and etchy but wholesome. And you then know? also recommendation: if you are you know just a sleazy mofo and you want to just like lewd uh, over someone. Then watch the show and have a good story. Yeah, there there is that for you also. Um, but uh, and yeah, then you can enjoy when you're like crying in episode three. Yeah, because <laughs> um, it's like deeply emotional. Absolutely, and one of the um, I guess we we've all really been just kind of enjoying. Um, Watching it together has been yeah. an interesting experience. Yeah, it's been like something that the whole apartment gets together and watches. And next up, we have the Genius Prince's Guide to Raising a Nation Out of Debt. Um, this one's coming in on uh, Tuesdays from Funimation. Comes to us from Yokohama Animation Labs, uh, which gave us Tawawa on a Monday too, and Miru Tights. Were you expecting that? No, not at all. <laughs> um, but uh, the story for this one is the King of Natra has fallen ill, leaving the only hope for his kingdom to his son, Prince Wayne Salama Arbal- Salima Arbalest. Salami. Salami. Yeah, I guess. Uh, known to be capable and wise, he is the perfect candidate to become the Prince Regent. However, if the Prince has anything to say about the matter, he would rather sell off the kingdom of Natra to the highest bidder. Since he wields the authority of the throne, no one can stop Wayne from auctioning off the country and using the profits to retire in comfort. Uh, all he needs to do is raise the value of the small kingdom to maximize his gains, but whether Wayne's grand plan will succeed remains to be seen, as his wit often surpasses even his own expectations, much to the benefit of the oblivious citizens of Natra. Um, this show's really good. Uh, I didn't expect it to be. Capitalism, the anime? Not even. Uh, well, yeah, maybe more like feudalism, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, but, like, the show is really interesting. The story that it has to tell is really great. It's got a really nice and kind of wholesome uh, romance plot to it. Um, and uh, it's just, like, at some points, it's just hilarious. Like, uh, uh, one of the ways I've been describing it is uh, it's the task success- uh, failed successfully meme the anime okay. um, because a lot of times what happens is like this dude he's like he super fails smart his way into success no he successes his way into failure so okay. like he's like a super genius level like intellect like he's a, a brilliant strategist and military mind but he always falls into the trap of assuming that the people around him will act rationally And they don't because they're people. So, like, he makes up these elaborate plans that are perfect. Like, they're down to the very, every detail. And, like, like, if people just act rationally, they will fall into his traps. And, like, things will happen the way that he expects them to happen. happen. But then that doesn't happen because people are dumb and they use emotions and they think, you know, they think irrationally at times. And that ends up, like, with him, like... At sometimes like failing hilariously, but also times like sometimes like tripping over himself into success. So like, um, 
I just think it's 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 a really interesting way to have a protagonist who's like too smart for his own good without it feeling like goofy and dumb. Okay. Um, I like that. That sounds fun. Yeah, it is fun. Uh, it's definitely worth a listen. And uh, you know, as best boy Dan knows, but you guys out there don't. I'm I actually terrified. have <laughs> I have along these lines a very special uh, super secret time uh, side tangent uh, for us along the lines of this show. Um, and Best Boy Dan, it's come to my attention that the people who listen to the podcast think you're the only one who enjoys Etchy, and that's simply not true. What? Yeah. <laughs> that's a thing people think? Yeah. Um, so I decided to be more honest with the Best Buds about how my thought process works on occasion. Okay. You will be witnesses. Okay. I'm still <laughs> terrified. Your Honor, I'd like to enter into evidence Exhibit A. Uh, Best Boy Dan, this is the cover art for A Genius Prince's Guide to Raising a Nation Out of Debt. Okay. For, for this show. Does anything about this image oh, uh, jump out to you? my. Now I see why it was animated by Miro <laughs> <laughs> What 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 about this image jumps out to you, uh, Best Boy Dan? It's got the thighs. Yes, it does. Now, what I want to talk to you specifically about today, um, Best Boy Dan, is this region uh, oh, right oh, here. Oh, my, oh my goodness. Um, this region actually has a name. Did you know that? The thigh region? This specific region between the 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 top of the socks and the bottom of the skirt. Okay. This region has a name. Um, and this is something that's referred to as the absolute territory. Oh. Uh, in Japanese, it's Zetai Ryo, uh, Ryoiki. Um, oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> Strap in, Dan. Oh, my God. <laughs> the term absolute territory refers to the area of bare skin in the gap between over-the-knee socks and a miniskirt or shorts. Um, the term first became widespread in otaku slang as one of the attributes of moe characters in anime and manga, but is now used by the general public in Japan. Oh. Um, now, the origin of this name is wild. <laughs> oh, God. The name Absolute Territory actually has its roots as an homage to Evangelion. Um, the original VHS tapes of the shows came with leaflets that had some like information about the show on them. And it referred to the Ava unit's energy shields as Zetai Ryoiki, which was translated into English as either absolute terror field or absolute territory. Um, and this shield was described as a quote unquote, holy area no one can intrude upon. And so some absolute bad lad of an otaku whose name no one remembers decided to apply these qualities to the aforementioned area. Et voila, the absolute territory was born. That poor person who made history. And, <laughs> right? And now will go into a nameless grave. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, that is... Uh, I, this, this, this anime is really good and I recommend watching it. But the reason that I chose it was because I saw the cover work. And oh, I was like, absolute territory. Let's go. You are the absolute territory, Stan. Yes. Um, so it. now we all learned something today. Thank I you bet for you, that ride. I bet you didn't know that was going to be what was going to happen gonna today. I'm going to use that, though. <laughs> you should. It's <laughs> a term. You see that absolute territory? Well, like, like I said, like it's not just a thing that, like, in, J in Japan, it's not just a thing that, like, nerds say. It has come into the popular what vernacular. Weird, what a weird thing. All yeah. right. Fun. Um, speaking of fun, so, I can't say this show. Sabikui Bisco. Sabiko Biski. Oh, God. <laughs> Um, comes at us on Tuesdays on Crunchyroll and Funimation. It comes at us from Oz, who's new as far as I can tell. Um, this show is awesome. Yeah, I was so blown away by this. Uh, there, okay. 
So there's like a handful of shows that I am going to like watch the hell out of this mm -hmm. season. And this is one of them. And I, I didn't expect this to be one of them either. Like I, I, I read the story and I was like, huh, interesting, kind of unique. But I, I don't know if I'm going to pick it up. But do you want to read the, the, the synopsis and then we can talk about yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So a plague-like wind blows across the arid, sandy expanse of a post-apocalyptic Japan as it sweeps over the living and non-living alike. Rust is all that remains in its wake. The cause of the catastrophic state of the world is believed to be mu mushroom spores. Bisco uh, Akoboshi, known as the man-eating mushroom, is a wanted criminal archer whose arrows instantly grow mushrooms wherever they land. However, he is in truth a mushroom protector, a person who spreads fungi in order to enrich the land and return it to its previous state. Alongside the giant crab, Akugawa, Ak Akutagawa, Akutagawa, Akutagawa uh, and young Dr. Milo, Milo, uh, <laughs> Neko Yanagi, uh, Bisco ventures through the wastelands of Japan, searching for the legendary Zabigui, yep. uh, a healing mushroom said to devour all forms of rust. Um... The show sounds wild because it, it is, is wild. wild. It's so good. Uh, like, it's got a banger OP. Um, the animals are used in bizarre and captivating ways. The thing that hooked me on this show was in episode two, they have a pursuit scene, like a chase scene. <laughs> and the chase scene is the giant crab being chased by hippopotamuses with automatic grenade launchers mounted to their backs. And then while they're running, a, a plane with the face of a snail comes and strafes them with goo. Yeah. And I'm like, this show, I never knew what this was going to be about. I had no concept of this. And I'm still surprised. Like, I, I was it's, not expecting it's this. It's wild. And it's turning into, like, a really fun um, kind of, like... Just journey adventure story. Yeah. This is definitely is this this is the show that started off just with like Japan like Tokyo blowing up, right? Yeah, yeah. It's definitely it's a it's a dystopian show. It takes place after this like, like the nuclear first apocalypse. scene of the show is like just Tokyo just getting blown up completely. Yeah. And like this show, it, it definitely has one of the most unique um, stories in a shonen that we've had in a while. I think the setting is probably the most unique we've had since, like, Fire Force. Yeah, and you said it, it very well in that this show does a great job of showing, not telling. Yeah, it definitely does. Like, it doesn't... The story develops naturally over time as we, like, learn to explore this new world. Like, obviously, like, it does start with, like, the kind of big set piece of Tokyo being destroyed. Um, but after that, we're left to kind of explore on our own through this kind of world and how it's changed and how it works. Like the first, and they kind of answer all the questions as you go along. They do, and like you know, like the city that we start off in is a kleptocracy. It's run by like a mob boss mayor, which is funny too because Dan was trying to remember at one point. He's like, yeah, he's like, oh, there's the government, and then there's that mob boss dude. And I was like, no, that's the mayor. Like, the mob boss yeah. is the mayor. Um, and he's got, like, his, like, legion of, like, secret police. But then there's also iguana cavalry. And the secret um, police wear, like, pink bunny heads. Yeah. The best, I think one of the, one of the, uh, one of the best fight scenes we get this year, or this season so far, um, has come from this show where mm -hmm. basically this, uh, the, the, the captain of the town's guard, who was like the sister of one of the main characters, mm -hmm. um, ends up fighting Bis, uh, Bisco, who is the archer guy. And she like charges at him on a big motorcycle with a lead pipe, fighting him with what is essentially a gigantic lead pipe. 
Um, and she is like the captain of the Iguana Cavalry, like city guard. It's just a, such a wild premise for a show. And it, it all makes, as crazy as it is, it all makes sense, too, yeah. which is kind of the best part. Really excellent show. Highly recommend giving it a shot if you're into Shonen at all and you're looking for something new. Um, the next one we have is kind of also a unique take on the Isekai, and that is uh, The Strongest Sage with the Weakest Crest. Coming to us on Sundays from Crunchyroll, uh, from JC Staff. Um, who we talked about already, some highlights, they did Food uh, food Wars, they did Konosuba the movie, you know, they did uh, Duke of Death and His Maid. Um, but this one is, uh, the story goes, at birth, mages randomly acquire one of the four crests that represent the extent of their magical capability. Uh, equipped with a crest specializing in creation, a man named Gaius reached the ceiling of his potential, uh, becoming known as the world's strongest sage. Despite his overwhelming power, um, he is unsatisfied with his abilities and desires uh, to, pre- to possess the mark suitable for close combat. Knowing that a person's crest is unchangeable, Gaius decides to reincarnate far into the future, hoping to alter his fate. Thousands of years later, Gaius is reborn as Matthias Hildesheimer, uh, successfully obtaining his long-coveted crest. However... He is surprised to learn that in these times, magic has vastly waned, and the techniques that were once widely used are now nothing more than just a speck of legend. Uh, moreover, the crest he painstakingly strived to attain is now considered the weakest, merely dubbed the crest of failure. Uh, nevertheless, Matthias naturally exceeds all expectations. He enrolls in the Royal Capital's Second Academy, acing every trial that comes his way. But soon after, Matthias discovers the dark truth behind humanity's downfall into magical mediocrity demons and endeavors to remedy the consequence of his millennia long absence once and for all this one um this one's interesting the first episode uh the first episode didn't fully get me on board i think maybe the second episode will um this is definitely kind of a unique premise that we have for an isekai which like is it even technically an isekai because it is still the same world it's more like a time travel thing but it involves reincarnation it's a question I think it's definitely no, I'm going fantasy on this one. Yeah. Um, it's tough to say, but you know what? This one is it's re- like as Lord of the Rings and Isekai because that's yeah, like that's a good point. the same story. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but like either way, no matter how you no matter how you slice it, um, it's interesting. Uh, I'll probably maybe if I have free time, keep up with it partially. Um, <laughs> it's definitely not going to be like the number one thing I'm paying attention to this year. But, um, you know, I am curious. The story, I think, has some interesting I'm going to watch Paladin over this. You should. Yeah. I think you should watch Paladin over this. Absolutely. Um, Speaking of shows, you should Oh, watched. God, no. <laughs> I just realized <laughs> I, what's up next. I can't believe you watched three episodes. I did watch three show. episodes of this. And I I'm, pieced out after one. Yeah, I'm, I'm worse for it. Um, <laughs> it's Love of Kill. Oh, God. Uh, and airs, we do not love it. It airs on Thursdays uh, on Crunchyroll. It comes to us from Platinum Vision. They've been around since 2016. Haven't really heard of anything they've done. Basically, uh, novice bounty hunter Chateau Dankworth. <laughs> Which is what I call it when I hotbox my room. Chateau Dankworth. I'm going to be entirely upfront with you guys. The only reason that this show made it onto the list was because I saw that name. And I was like, oh, I'm going to watch this show. It's called. It's got a character named Chateau Dankworth. Oh, I God. never knew it was going to be so bad. 
Never expected to encounter someone uh, capable of overwhelming her in combat. Even less so uh, that the mysterious man would take an immediate interest in her to the point of aiding her in missions. However, Chateau makes it clear she has no plans of entertaining any personal involvement with him. Chateau's company is soon tasked with eliminating Song, Riang Ha, an expert assassin and a former member of a powerful Asian organization. Coincidentally, Riang Ha uh, is the man that has been pursuing her. Despite his background, Chateau uh, reluctantly agrees to meet with Rio Hang, Ri, <laughs> Riang Ha as part of the deal in exchange for going out with him. He will provide her with the locations of current targets, dead or alive. But when the past begins to haunt both killers, their arrangement may need to come to an end as their entanglement puts their lives at grave risk. It's trash. It's real bad. It is like just like incel edgelord fantasy bullshit. It's so bad. Uh, it's like how not and like, to behave. It's like yeah, he just is persistent and doesn't take no for an answer. It's no. Yeah, and like no also means like, no. The the and no the, to this. The main female character. She's so like she's just so hapless. Like they never give her any agency. Like they talk about her in the 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 description as if she's like she's like a a, a high tier killer. Like she's like a, a super like assassin bounty hunter. But she's not. They never picture on her on screen as being good at anything. Can I and, spoil it? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I I had Cat look it up because I was like, so does he just wear her down until she falls in love with yeah. him? And she looked it up and she was like, yeah, yeah, he does. No, I saw, I pretty much saw that beginning to happen Ugh. by the third episode, Ugh. and I'm like, this is disgusting. Like, and, but like, not only that, like that in and of itself would be bad enough, but also like the story's bad, the characters are bad, the, the action is bad. bad, the animation's bad, the the CGI in it is bad, like. The whole show is bad. Like, I feel dumber and worse as a person for having watched three episodes of it. Don't watch this show. No. Should they watch the next show? You actually maybe should. Um, the next show is Sasaki and Mieno. Um, this one comes to us on Mondays from Studio Dean, who did uh, Urusei Yatsura, Ranma Half, Ruroni Kenshin, Fruits Basket. Um, the first the one. First one uh, Konosuba, and a lot, lot more. Um, and this one, if you're looking for BL this season... We've got it for you, because this is the BL of the season. Um, the story goes, Yoshikazu Miyano's troubles first start one hot summer day when Shumei Sasaki steps into his life. Sasaki saves Miyano's classmate from a group of bullies, and after that, Miyano can't seem to shake off his eccentric upperclassmen. His silent admiration for Sasaki gradually sours into annoyance each time the so-called delinquent refuses to leave him alone. Uh, constantly being called by cute nicknames and having his boundaries ignored, Miyano wonders why Sasaki wants to get close to him. The shy and easily flustered Miyano harbors an embarrassing secret. He is a fudanshi, a boy who likes boys love manga. Um, the last thing he wants is for other students to find out, but through a slip of the tongue, he reveals the truth to Sasaki. Intrigued, the clueless Sasaki asks to borrow a book to read, which he is given very reluctantly. To Miyano's surprise, Sasaki enjoys the BL so much that he receives um, and asks for more, marking a shift in their strange dynamic. Uh, although Sasaki appears to possess the same uh, some personal agenda, his feelings for Miyano become more complicated as they spend more time together. Now sharing a common interest, their relationship is poised to change for, uh, and further develop. Um, this show, 
is good. Like, yeah. if you like BL, you'll like this show. I'm okay. very picky about the BL shows that I will watch. Yeah. Like, for example, we had The Night Beyond the Tri-Cornered Window last season that I dropped because it was not, like, I you didn't You need to like watch it. Yuri on Ice. Yuri on Ice, I don't know. I just feel like it's not going to be the one for me. But Ugh. this one, this one is really good. Um, it's got a very cute, like, kind of wholesome relationship between the two. What was that um, one show where they, like used each other's bodies to like make demons explode. that was the night beyond the tricorn oh, window that yeah one. That, was so um, crazy. that was no good but this one is very good it's really cute the animation is fun uh, i've been watching it with best person cat um we've been having a blast um, oh that's that sounds up her alley yeah so you know if you like bl if you're into even if you're like if you've never been into bl but maybe you don't mind some yuri you'll probably like this show um watch this show yeah I watched the first episode of this on the way home today. Excellent. Why don't you uh, tell us about it then? Yeah. Uh, the next show is, uh, can't say this word, Akabees? Akabees. Akabees? No, not Akabees. 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 There you go. Akabees. No. That's a different word. Sailor Uniform, uh, which airs Sunday on Crunchyrolls and Funimation. Uh, Crunchyrolls. <laughs> I got Crunchyrolls right I here, I just pal. turned into uh, Squirrely Dan there. <laughs> you did. Your Crunchyrolls. <laughs> the Crunchyrolls and the Funimations. Sisters Hot Wayne, there I said it. I said it. I regret nothing. I regret nothing. And the Funimations. Um, it's Cloverworks again. Who They're busy. Are, they are always busy. And they make some good stuff. They make some good stuff except when they don't. Yeah, except when they don't. Um, but this show is uh, basically, uh, ever since she was young, Komichi Akabi um, has always adored sailor uniforms, even going so far as to ask her mother to sew one if she succeeds in getting into her mother's alma mater. Uh Ruby Academy. Rubai. Rubai Academy. <laughs> and thus, when she gets accepted into the prestigious school, Komichi is ecstatic. However, much to her surprise, the middle school no longer uses sailor uniforms as its dress code, making Komichi stand out from her classmates. Despite this, Komichi is granted permission to continue wearing the traditional attire. With renewed confidence, Komichi meets uh, fascinating classmates uh, as they experience school life together under the colorful shower of blossoming prospects and exciting tomorrow awaits them this show is adorable it is that it is cloverworks flexing on their oh, yeah. animation oh yeah the like, animation is flawless like uh, next year we need to have a category for best animation and this is gonna compete yeah like everything from like the like the sparkling the beautiful sparkling eyes the flowing movement the, the nature scenes the, the way hair. they like show her tying up her hair i was just like wow like, that is really well drawn yeah like every single movement of like clothing is perfect and like per like absolutely meticulously the music animated is great it's really uh beautiful it was really weird when that girl smelled her nail clippers yeah <laughs> yeah that was weird but i i really like, i really like like i was uh, let me just put this into context a little bit i watched this episode on a new york city train today and it was packed and, <laughs> and this is this is a completely innocuous show there is nothing really like etchy about it in any such way right like it is wholesome af right 
but it's also anime. So there is a scene where there's a junior high student and her like six year old little sister taking a bath together. Yeah. And they're like talking about like wearing a sailor uniform and how like cool they think that is. And it's like completely innocuous, but here's me, a grown man on the train, like looking at these two girls in a bathtub and I'm like, skip 15 seconds ahead. And then you also have, um, Oh God, there was another, uh, scene that was like weird. Um, out of context. Uh, was it the the cartwheel scene? No. Well, but anyway, while you think yeah. about that, I want to touch on something about the scene we just talked about real quick. Um, and, like, that is something that me and Best Person Cat also talked about while this show, while we were watching this show, which is, um, you know, the kind of differences in the social mores surrounding nudity and bathing between the U.S. and Japan. Because, like, this scene in Japan is completely innocuous. It doesn't raise any eyebrows. Like, it's just a normal scene. It's very common for people to be, like, nude around each other in this context and, like, bathe together as siblings. Yeah. Uh, I remember what it was. It was the nail clipping scene. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's... You don't want that one to (laughs) pop up. Like, because there was a guy standing, like, above me, like, holding onto the bar, like, while I was sitting down. Yeah. And, like... I'm just sitting there and this girl is like clipping her toenails and then like sniffing the nail clipper. To be fair, that scene is weird for anime. (laughs) It's weird for anime, but it's like something that, uh, you know, it's weird to watch in public just out of context. But the show itself is aggressively adorable. Yeah, it's super cute. It's at its core. It's this kind of show about like friendship between young, in this case, young women um, and like I was worried at first because it's like okay so she's wearing a different uniform from everyone else this is obviously going to be a bullying show it's not it doesn't take that Thank route um, this first of all we can we should just like acknowledge that this premise would never happen in Japanese schools there's no yeah. way that they would ever let somebody just one person wear a different uniform that would be like it, it would be catastrophic yeah um, but this show is great um, unless it was Komi Komi can do whatever Komi can do whatever Komi wants because she's a god um <laughs> But no, this show, um, like, for the animation alone, you should watch this show. Even just one episode. It's so gorgeous. Yeah. Um, the next show I'm actually is one of the ones that I've actually watched the whole three episodes for. Yeah. And that's In the Land of Lee Dale. Uh, it airs Wednesdays on Crunchyroll. It comes at us from Maho Film, which gave us, if it's for my daughter, I'd even defeat a demon lord, and I'm standing on a million lives, which also had like two seasons so maybe i should check it out yeah maybe um the previously bedridden uh keina uh kagami finds herself in a world of her favorite vr mmorpg titled lee dale after the life support keeping her alive fails reincarnated in the body of her high-leveled character keina she notices the world of lee dale is different from what she remembers playing as she comes to learn 200 years have passed since the she last interacted with the world however this does not sadden keina as it means a new journey awaits her filled with exciting prospects and unfamiliar faces all awaiting to be discovered uh which is a good point she takes uh dying pretty pretty lightheartedly well i mean you got to think about it like because she was you know she was completely um paralyzed and partially comatose so like to her like one of the exciting things for her in this first episode is like oh i can taste food now like i haven't tasted food in years yeah that's a good point um it's uh it's basically overlord 
crossed with I've been killing slimes for 300 years. Yeah, but and you know what? It, and it's it's good. It is good. It's got a lot it's got a really interesting mystery element as we're learning to try to like dis, as she's piecing together um, you know, what happened, how she ended up where she is. And it's interesting because it's not like one of those where like she just keeps discovering new information until she draws the right conclusion. Like she discovers information, draws a conclusion, and then this like she thinks like, oh, okay, well I figured it out. That's what happened. And then like new information comes and then it's like, oh, that's not what happened. Like and she's constantly learning yeah. new things to unravel this mystery um in a very natural and organic way. I like her children. Her children are fun. She does have the, the three, the, what is it, the dwarf, the human, and the elf. Like, uh, no, I think it's a dwarf and two elves. Yeah. Um, they're super funny. Um, I'm going to keep watching this show. I'm really interested to see where it goes. The mystery is really keeping me guessing and keeping me interested. Yeah, this, I think this could be my, like, lighthearted, like, come home and chill and relax and watch show. Absolutely. Uh, one thing, I will give it one knock, um, and that is the some of the, sometimes the CGI is a little jarring. Yeah. Um, but you know what? For as interesting as the story is, I can forgive it. Um, next up we have She Professed Herself a Pupil of the Wise Man coming at us on Wednesdays on Funimation from Studio A-Cat uh, who did Frame Arms Girls and some other things that we haven't really heard of um, this one uh, threw me for a loop wasn't what I expected it was going to be mm. um, but it has been interesting so I think I'm going to keep watching it um, the synopsis goes with a dignified veteran's body and a long white beard summoner mage Dunbalf was one of the strongest player characters in the virtual reality online multiplayer role playing game Ark Earth Online even heralded as a one man army together with the nine wise mages and King Solomon they formed the mage player kingdom of Alcate but one day Dunbalf and the other nine wise mages suddenly go missing leaving no trace behind. In an effort to spend his expiring credits, Dumbolf had purchased a cosmetic kit and tinkered with his character. However, he accidentally fell asleep during the customization process. Upon waking up, Dunbolf not only notices that the world of Ark Earth Online has become more realistic, but also discovers that he's turned into a cute girl. After reaching Alcate, he learns that it's been 30 years since he supposedly disappeared. Um, now tasked with finding the other missing mages by King Solomon, avid role, the avid role player proclaims his new identity as Mira, the pupil of the wise man Dunbalf, and ventures off uh, to prove his legacy. Um, so first of all, just to get this out of the way, we're having a VR MMO renaissance apparently. Um, I don't know if it ever really went away away. I mean, it kind of went away for a couple seasons at least. You know? I mean, I guess, yeah. But uh, in, anyway, either way, it's back. Um and, uh, you know, I kind of want to contrast this with Joran a little bit. Okay. And what, the reason why is because I found myself thinking, like, like, oh, this is how you tell that kind of story, mm. you know? So, like, Joran, it, it has a lot of these mystery elements where you learn, you're learning about the world. Um, you're supposed to learn about the world gradually without them. They're trying to do a show, not tell, but they mess it up and it doesn't make sense. Mm. Whereas in um, this show, in She Professed Herself, People of the Wise Man, um, you're definitely getting this kind of, uh, it manages to do it in a way that feels organic. And like you're learning about the world as the character is learning about the world, but at the same time, the character has some base knowledge and base assumptions that aren't, that turn out to not be true anymore. But learning, like, him experiencing those is also a way for you to learn about the world. And I think, like, that, it just, it, I don't know why Joran jumped into my head hmm. um, when I watched this show. But I was like, this is what Joran needed to do. And they didn't do it. And that's why Joran sucked and this show doesn't. Um, but, yeah, as far as what to say about this show, it doesn't suck. It's good. I'm probably going to keep watching it. 
Uh, it's funny. It gets really, really hilarious at times. It gets really wholesome at other times. Because, like, for example, like, he also had NPCs that were, like, under his control. Kind mm. of like in the last one we talked about. But... Um, you know, when he comes back, he finds out that like, oh, all of the NPCs are sentient now. Um, and she's been upkeeping his castle for 30 years by herself. Um, and he kind of has this moment where like they kind of bond and he's like, thank you, you know, so much for, for taking care, uh, and all your work. And she's like really, really heartfelt about it. Like, she's like, like, oh, I've been doing it for so long. It feels so, so So the opposite of Lee Dale. Yeah. Kind of the opposite (laughs) of Lee Dale where like she, she's just like, she's been doing her job thanklessly for like 30 years. And then finally, you know, it all pays off and it's a really cute moment. Um, but uh, yeah, I did not expect a whole lot out of this show, but it ended up being good. And to be honest with you, I can definitely say that for the next one. Yeah. Uh, the next one's good. It's probably not one that I'm going to like continue on watching yeah. um, just because I'm not in the mood right now. But uh, we're talking about Orient, which airs on Thursdays uh, at, uh, on Crunchyroll and comes at you from ACGT, who did Kino's Journey, Initial D, Fourth Stage, Freezing, Do You Love Your Mom and Her, to hit multi-target attacks, uh, at, which they did uh, in cooperation with JC staff. Yep. Um, it uh, takes place five years ago. Musashi uh, made a promise to his friend Kojiro uh, Kanemaki uh, that once they grew up, they would become samurai uh, form a league and go on demon slaying quest. But since then, things have changed. The demons are now being praised and worshipped by society. The samurai are shunned and disgraced. Afraid of revealing his dream and becoming a samurai, Musashi uh, blends into the town's dogma by becoming a miner while secretly secretly polishing his swordsmanship. Meanwhile, despite being a uh, direct descendant of uh, a samurai, Kojiro gives up uh, his promise to his old friend. However, after saving Musashi from a near-death experience, his perspective shifts. Although still conflicted, Kojiro embarks on a journey with Musashi in hopes of figuring out his true feelings. Fighting against all odds, the duo uh, dives headfirst into the unknown of uh, beast slaying. Not knowing what life has in store for them. Now astride Iron Horses, the 15-year-old heroes plan to restore the tarnished reputation of the samurai and purge the world of demons. So it's an interesting world. Yeah. Um, I don't understand why they have motorcycles, but like, you know. Doesn't matter. It's great. (laughs) Like, it's rad. Um, It seems like a totally solid shonen. It does. My whole thing is, if I'm going to sit there and spend 20 minutes watching a shonen, I would rather watch Shaman King. Because they hit kind of the same target audience, I think. Uh And I think Shaman King is just executed way better. I think as a shonen, it's probably the weakest shonen we have this year. But that doesn't mean it's bad. It's Uh, not bad. I thought it was No, no, no. I enjoyed Um, the basic premise of it. I like the world and kind of how they've, like, twisted it because it's like kind of a conceivable way that things could go down right and i i really enjoyed um just the the kind of like back to the roots of a shonen um it's definitely got that kind of classic shonen feel to it i honestly like for some reason the first episode when it came out people hated it like it it, it had like two stars on wow it's gotten better i think it's at like four stars now but like um, and the people did not like the first episode for whatever reason. I don't know why. I thought it was fine. It was fine. Um, I don't think it's fantastic. Like, it's not on my must-watch list. I may come back to it from time to time. Um, but like you said, you know, for as far as, like, a shonen goes, and you know I'm fairly picky with shonens, um, 
there's better stuff out there for this season, namely, you know, Shaman King or Sabikui Bisco. Oh yeah, I um, I would definitely watch Sabikui. If you if you only have time to watch one shonen this this season, make it Sabikui Bisco. Yeah, though I think if you want like that kind of classic shonen style thing, like if you specifically are trying to recapture like that feeling of like a maybe like a. Uh, and and, and I'm bear watching in mind, Toonami back in the yeah, day. Yeah, watching a Toonami style shonen. Like, I don't want to compare it directly to something like Yu Yu Hakusho or, or like, because it's, it's know, not Naruto, the same show. Because it's not the same caliber of show, but it does have that same kind of quality, yeah. old school shonen feel to it. But even still, I recommend Sabi Kuibisko. Yeah. Watch that show. I this show, watch Shaman it if you, King. If, you, if you only watch shonen and like you're going to watch all the shonen that's out this year, absolutely watch this show. This show's great. But like, if you only have time to watch one, Make it Sabi Kui Bisco. If you have time to watch two, make it Sabi Kui Bisco and <laughs> and Shaman King. King. Okay, cool. Or Tokyo Twenty Fourth Ward. I yeah. don't know if that counts. As no, the I would count. I would count this one maybe more as like a seinen, but it's complicated. Um, but yeah, next up we have Tokyo Twenty Fourth Ward, which is airing on Thursdays on Crunchyroll and Funimation, coming to us again from Cloverworks. They're so busy. This is an original too. I'm pretty sure this one is an original anime. It doesn't have a manga, um, and it's got a really interesting story. So I'm gonna dive right into the synopsis. Uh, childhood friends Ran, Koki, and Shuta were born and raised on an artificial island in Tokyo Bay, the Far East Special District, commonly known as the 24th Ward. The trio have different family backgrounds, hobbies, and personalities, but have always hung out together. However, their relationship changes drastically in the wake of a certain incident. At the first anniversary memorial of the incident, the three friends happen to meet again, and their phones begin to ring simultaneously. The phone call is from a supposedly dead friend, urging them to choose the future. Uh, the three will try to protect their beloved 24th Ward and the future of its people in their own ways. Um, and uh, first of all, the first episode of this one is a chonker, co- uh, clocking in at over 40 minutes. But it does a good job of setting everything up that it needs to. It really does. It hooked me from that first episode. Yeah. Like I was, I was watching this show. Um, the storyline is really interesting. Uh, it, it's got a really interesting message about like kind of the the uh, the never ending march of modernity and progress and like. Um, and how that kind of can alienate people and kind of leave people feeling left behind. Um, but, like, all the same, things, you know, time never stops. You can't, Time keeps moving. The action sequences are great, too. The action sequences are phenomenal. The CGI, I will give it a knock, can be a little much. I feel like that when they do vehicles, for some reason, they jar yeah. me. Um, but, like, the, the generally, besides that, the animation is really good. Um, the the Sakuga is really good. Yes. Um, there's one other show that has fantastic Sakuga that we'll talk about later, but this is definitely up there. Good mystery. Yeah, very good mystery. I'm gonna keep watching this show. I, I yeah. I there. I I'm really curious to see like where this show is gonna go. I have some thoughts. Um, I'll get with you on those offline, best boy Dan. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, overall, definitely you know don't want to miss this show, especially if you like a good murder of, action seinen kind of show. Of the handful of shows that I'm gonna keep going with this is one of them yeah got a very like interesting provoking storyline got some heartfelt moments some tear jerking in there um so uh yeah tear jerking -jerking. that's not a that's a phrase now i guess um we're gonna go ahead and gloss over that move on to our next show which is girls frontline uh airing on saturdays from funimation uh this one comes to us from asahi production who did akahama uh, akudama drive um and a bunch of hello kitty stuff some sugar bunny stuff not a lot uh really um, this is the one that is based on the gotcha game uh, of the same name, Girls Frontline. You may also see it some places uh, localized to Dolls Frontline, um, but Girls Frontline is like the official um, name for it. 
Um, but uh, I'll go ahead and give the backstory and we'll talk about it briefly. Uh, after World War III decimated the world's population and rendered large amounts of land uninhabitable, various private military contractors begin using combat androids known as T-Dolls to maintain peace in unstable countries. While they are physically superior to flesh and blood fighters, T-Dolls are incapable of formulating uh, complex plans and thus require a human commander to issue orders. Sangvis Ferry was an industry-leading T-Doll manufacturer until they attempted to install a specialized T-Doll as the company's sole commander, resulting in the immediate deaths of everyone at the facility because, of course, that's how <laughs> these things work. Um, seizing control of Sangvis factories, the rogue AI declared war on the remnants of mankind. Now facing a hostile robot invasion, Griffin and Kroeger, the only paramilitary organization strong enough to withstand the confrontation and halt their uh, destructive advances... Um, investigating the events related to Sangvis Ferry's aggression, the elite task force Team Anti-Rain, uh, which is like AR team because they're assault rifles, ARs, it's dumb, mm -hmm. um, searches for the highly confidential information in, uh, searches for highly confidential information in an abandoned warehouse, but quickly find themselves in an ambush. Hoping to safeguard their findings, the group temporarily disbands and each doll goes into hiding. Meanwhile, the lazy but gifted John Chian is, uh... Hired by Griffin as a rookie commander and given her critical first mission, track down Team Anti-Rain and uh, recover the classified data before Sangvis Ferry can. Um, and, uh, you know, this is a move. This is a gotcha game tie in anime. Um, Gun Girls. It's Gun Girls. And I'll got to be honest with you. The first episode, um, I it was pretty like I was like, I don't like this show. Not good. Um but I did, like I said, I watched the first three episodes of everything we're talking about in this section. Um, so I continued, and the second episode was much better. It was one of those is one of those cases where like the first episode just doesn't hit. Like the dialogue's not super great, but they're trying to they're trying to do too much. They're trying to do too much tell and not not enough show. Um, but they fixed that by the second episode. So I do recommend like if you're interested in the game, give it a shot. If you're if you're just like really into gun girls, give it a shot. Um, other than that, I can't see why too many people would be super interested in it. Um, if you don't really, if what I told you from the story doesn't grab you and you like you have no history with the 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 IP, um, you know probably don't get too excited about this one. But for what it is, I'm enjoying it. I'll keep watching it. I might even start playing Girls Frontline again. We'll see. So. Uh... The next one is it? Does it live oh, up to the hype? Oh yes, it does. Does it really? Yeah, the oh, next good. one is super good. Uh, uh, it's so cute, and then we have Slow Loop. Um, Slow Loop is coming at us on Fridays from Funimation, uh, and it's going to be done by Studio Connect, which did the Honor Student at Magic's High School, uh, Ordesuki, and Death March to the Parallel World Rhapsody. Um, this is the uh, slice of life fly fishing anime that we've been talking about. Um, since childhood, Hiyori Yamakawa has witnessed her father's various eccentricities, uh, but one activity she's always loved doing with him is fly fishing, a complicated yet rewarding method of catching fish. Even after his sudden death, Hiyori still visits the seaside in her spare time, savoring the joy that her father's memento brings her. Three years later, Hiyori's mother decides to remarry and arranges a dinner with her fiancé, his daughter, and Hiyori to celebrate. Anxious and wanting to pass the time, Hiyori goes to her usual fishing spot when a rather energetic girl named Koharu Minagi suddenly appears before her. The two soon become acquainted with Koharu taking an interest in fly fishing herself. However, their meeting is more than just a coincidence. Koharu turns out to be Hiyori's future step-sibling, which is only the beginning of the treasured memories that both of them will reel in as they uh, foster their sisterhood. This show is super cute. Mm. Um, I really, really like this show. It's got It tells a really interesting family slice of life 
you know, story with fly fishing as like the kind of central through line. Um, but it's got a lot of interesting stories to tell about, like, you know, how do you deal with a family that is that becomes a family, you know, <laughs> midway through? So, like, mm-hmm. you know, you you deal with the loss of parents and you deal with like the kind of like divorce and like how um all too familiar yeah it's it's not divorce i don't know why i said divorce it's not there's no divorce in the show but like it, it deals with like like learning to live with an entirely new family and like those kind of things like accepting each other and coming to know each other um and also just like the the the, the fly fishing is super interesting and cool and like the the interactions are cute uh it's really wholesome if you're into the slice of life if you like a family drama um if you like fly fishing watch this show um next up we have another show that you should not watch <laughs> and this one is police and i can't believe you watched three episodes Here's the reason this. why i watched three episodes of this because i wanted to give it a fair chance um we're going to talk about why um but this one airs on wednesdays from funimation uh, on funimation comes to us from madhouse they've uh, you know they've done a couple shows you might have heard of uh like death nope. note one Haven't punch man one. hunter hunter no game no life high school of the dead black lagoon overlord monster trigun my love story hajime no ipo chihaya furu a place further than the universe ace of diamond no guns life and sunny boy any of those good Haven't, mm, yeah never heard of any them, of them. Um, and the way this one goes is after graduating from high school, Mai Kawaii's top priority is to find a job with a stable income to avoid turning out like her father. However, despite having taken a variety of civil service exams, she was faced with a harsh reality. Nearly every institute denied her entry. The only place that accepted her was the police academy, which she reluctantly joined. Even now that she's an actual police officer, the world continues to be cruel to Mai. Thus, due to her pres- uh, profession, she unexpectedly receives constant criticism from disgruntled citizens. Disheartened by the hostile treatment, she decides to submit a letter of resignation after just a few months of employment but on the same day Mai choose to quit she meets uh, Seiko Fuji the former ace of the criminal affairs division who is assigned as her new instructor finding her new co-worker to be enchanting Mai de- uh, delays leaving and uh, gives her uninspiring job a second chance um, and the first thing that I had written after watching this show <laughs> is the cops don't even kiss this is bullshit um but real talk though, this is basically Yuri bait. Like just based on what I the the description I gave you, it sounds like a love story kind of. And they I suppose, yeah. Yeah, cuz like they're like, "Oh, like she's like her new her new coworker's enchanting." Like, no, she's just like she just gives her a different perspective on the job. She's not enchanting, like she's not in love with her. Um and like I was willing to go along with a cop show that had a Yuri plotline, but this ain't it. Like, <laughs> it's if just anyone, a cop show. It's just a cop show, and it's not even a particularly good one. Like, um, one of the things it does, it, it, it's like it's one of those. It's almost self aware, almost, but it just never gets there. Mm-hmm. Like uh, they have a really interesting like sequence, and I, th- and I think like the second or third episode where like. The police officers, rec- you know, recognize the signs of domestic abuse and they separate the, the 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 victim from the abuser and they like, you know, they solve this whole big sex crime and like and it's like, oh, like, hey, like that's a really wholesome story. But it's like, oh, but it ignores the reality that this never happens. Like the police are well known for missing or ignoring the signs of domestic abuse and sexual assault and like to the or point being the cause of it or being the cause of it. And like it, it, it just never addresses is that harsh reality which it could it could absolutely do that it could talk about like they could have taken a moment to say like yeah we recognize it this time but like you know a lot of times these things go unmissed so you have to pay attention like but they never go like they always make it out to be like oh policing is great and there's no problems with it and like i know that policing in japan doesn't have the same 
like kind of issues that policing in America has. But this thing specifically, the one that I just talked about with the, you know, the signs of sexual assault being ignored is a worldwide problem, not just in the United States. Um, but I was really hoping this show would have more of a of an interesting story to tell, other than just like, hey, co- girl cops doing girl cop shit. But that's all it is. There's no good parts to it. There's no Yuri plot line. If one ever develops and you're watching this for some reason, let me know because I would maybe think about picking it back up. But like for just a like, for just a plain like cop show, like a like police comedy procedural, I'm not interested, and it's not good. Um, the animation's not good either, and the car drawing suck. Yeah. Um... This next show is really fun, though. Yeah. Uh, it's Miss... Uh, nope, can't say this word. Kuroitsu. From the Monster Development Department. And it airs Sundays on Crunchyroll. And it comes to us from Quad, a new studio. Uh, Kuroitsu is an assistant researcher in the Superhuman Research and Development Department of Agastia, uh, a villainous secret organization that battles with heroes who try to save the world. Kuru, Kuruitsu. Kuro That's the word. Lives uh, a busy life in Agastia, uh, caught between absurd requests of her bosses, making prep, uh, presentations, implementing new features into superhumans, and getting results within the allotted time, budget, and spec request, all without vacation. Um, this show is adorable yeah it reminds me of um heaven's design team Mm -hmm. but like good um (laughs) yeah um i mean this show or it's kind of the opposite it's like hell's design team yeah kind of (laughs) and and, like it's really it's really interesting like the kind of commentary it's it's at its core like yes it has this whole thing about like oh monster development and superhuman stuff but like at its core this is a workplace comedy it is also um you've got mail or, uh, uh, God, what's the, uh, She Loves Me. Oh, okay. Like, the original, like, that love story where, because it, the, there's kind of, like, a budding love story of, like, the person who works making the monsters and then, like, um, th- who their natural enemy might yeah. be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's very much in that kind of like that tried and true story wrapped up. So that that's a nice little touch to it too. Yeah, absolutely. And like one of the things. Okay, so I'm I'm pretty cynical. So like when I first when I watched the first episode of this show, what I wrote down verbatim is. I can't decide on whether this is a thoughtful satire of work culture or capitalist propaganda. It could be both, but at least it's cute. Um, Having watched three episodes of it now, I'm leaning more towards it. It's, like, kind of a satire of work culture. Because, like, basically what ends up happening is, like, she works for this evil corporation. But it actually has very progressive and modern ideas. Uh, About running a business. About how to run a business and employee relations. So, like, you have, like, her her boss's boss, which is, like, uh, his name is Lord Megustus, who's, like, the the icy (laughs) lord of death. He's, like, super evil looking. Yeah, he's, like, wearing this, like, like, hyper robot mask. And he wears a cloak everywhere. And, like, he's, like, super menacing. But, like, when she talks about, like, when, like, the after she gives a really bad presentation, he comes to her and he's like, hey, like, you know, we could have, like, we could have stalled it if you weren't ready. Why are you working yourself so hard? Have you taken any breaks? Like, why aren't you taking care of yourself? Yeah. Like, he's like, you have to use put your, in your company. Over time. Let us make sure you get paid for your time. Yeah. Like, you have to make sure you use your PTO because it's there for you to use. Like, and he's like a really, like, helpful boss. And, like, the company <laughs> has a really good, like, work-life balance. Um, and I'm like, this is like, it's hilarious because of how ridiculous it is because that doesn't exist. But then also like it does in the third episode and you start to get 
also this kind of satire and unflattering portrait painted of like gig workers. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I don't want to give away too much, but like, you'll see that like it is actually tackling a lot of like very common um, like problems in work life culture. Um, it's an it interestingly self aware show. Yeah, it approaches it from a number of different directions, and also like it's just funny. Um, it's really really hilarious. The anime is done really well. Um, it has long, ridiculous episode titles. So I wrote, for my example, I chose the one from episode two. The title of it is The Legendary Emissary from Hell Who Constantly Hears the Screams of the Evil Souls Supping from the Kettle of Darkness Spreads Fear in His Wake as He Awakens. That's and that has, like, wonderful. almost nothing to do with the episode. It's wonderful. It's so good. Um, the CGI can be a little off-putting at times, but I'll give it a pass for that. Um, one other really fun thing about this show is it actually uses real local quote-unquote heroes from different areas oh, of yeah. Japan. All of the heroes in this show really exist, and that's because, like, in Japan... Like, kind of like how cities have mascots, there are some cities and regions that have, like, their own, like, little pet heroes, which, like, people will dress up and they'll have, like, shows on the local channel, but then they'll also do, like, community service and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have names like, like, Akisenshi Maple Kaiser, Sunset Warrior Go-Go Red, and Draconic Blade Guard Gene Scar. These are all heroes who have appeared in Hilarious. this show that exist in real life in Japan. I and I think it. that's and a now they have cool an anime tie-in. of themselves. Yeah, like, how, like, imagine how cool that is. Um, but yeah, this show uh, is definitely interesting. Look, it's my, I made field. it. <laughs> yeah, um, I think uh, I think you should definitely consider giving the show a shot if you want something like kind of like a workplace comedy, something kind of low stakes and fun. Yeah, um, yeah. Up next, we have uh, Tribe Nine, which airs on Mondays on Funimation. Comes at us from Linden Films, who did Tokyo Revengers, Berserk, Schwarzenmarken, uh, Other Side Picnic, and the new Initial D movies. Uh, fed up with society, youngsters all around Neo-Tokyo have formed tribes to find their place in the world. However, a group loyalty among them grew fierce and often led to violence. As a countermeasure, the government implemented the XB law, stating that tribe conflict is to be resolved through extreme baseball. Of course. (laughs) From players using extendable bats to pitchers wearing special equipment. Extreme baseball is a futuristic version uh, of the sport with modified rules, less restrictions, and bizarre applications of technology. Uh, When a group of youngsters bullies spineless Haru Shirakane, he is saved by an unexpected pair, Shun uh, Kamiya and Taiga. Uh, as it turns out, Shun is a star player of Extreme Baseball who leads the Minato tribe, uh, the top-ranked team in Minato City. Meanwhile, Taiga aims to defeat Shun in hopes of becoming the strongest in the sport. In a string of spontaneous events that allow Shun to discover their potential, Taiga and Haru are roped into joining the Minato tribe. As the tribes across Minato City face a new threat led by the mysterious Oijiro Otori, uh, the Minato tribe must might just need oh man might just need the power of the two new rookies to overcome the clutches of evil. Yeah, uh, it's the first episode did not do it for me. The second episode was better. Honestly, I didn't have any interest in the show until the third episode. Yeah, I didn't watch the third one. It's it's kind of cool. It's like a twist on baseball. You should watch um, Ace of Diamond if you want to watch a baseball show. I think if you want to watch a baseball show, definitely pass this one by. But if you want to watch like kind of like a, a weird post-apocalyptic setting that is just also kind of goofy, 
Um, I, I think I might actually give this one another episode or two. Because like, like I said, the end of the third episode, it kind of starts to get into some stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, I can see where this might be going. Um, but one yeah. thing I did want to point out was a fucking, uh, like a weird mode of travel in episode two. So like, you, you watch Weirder episode two, Weirder than right? a crab. Weirder than a crab and far worse for the environment. Basically, in order to get to Minato City, like one of the bad guys... They travel in hel- big helicopters, and when they get over the city uh, where they want to be, they drop out of those big helicopters, giant, like, hum- hummers <laughs> that parachute down to the ground and then just do donuts in front of their, the, the place where they are That's and then the stop, and then the bad to... guy gets out of the That's hummer. the only way to arrive. <laughs> so, like, I was like, instead of just taking the helicopter or just driving the Hummer, you had to drive the Hummer in the helicopter, and then once it got on the ground, even though you don't have to go anywhere, do donuts in front. Yes. I was like, yes, that is that is where we're headed as a society. It's great. You know what else is great, Best Boy Dan? Maybe, this transition. Yes. And also, maybe one of the greatest shows of the season. Absolutely. And that is, of course, Salary Man's Club. Um, this one comes to us on Sundays from Crunchyroll. Uh, and it's coming to us also from Leiden Films, who we just talked about. Um, wow. I was really looking forward to this show, and it has absolutely delivered. It hits on every level I wanted. This to. is the only one that I haven't seen three episodes of, and that's because there are currently only two episodes out. Um, but this one, uh, the story goes, Mikoto Shiratori is a childhood prodigy at badminton who unfortunately never recovered from a major loss during a high school competition. Now he works in the sales department of the Sunlight Beverage Company, playing badminton alongside Tatsuru Miyazumi, uh, the best performing player and salesman on the team. This show is so good. It's everything I wanted it to be. The animation's great. Um, I love the battery men. Battery men. But also like the Sakuga in this show is fantastic. Oh. Just the sound the badminton rackets make. The way like they the can whistling. animate the sport well which is like a key to a good sports show but the like drama's there the characters are there like i like everyone on the team already and i barely know them yeah like i mean like but also like the 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 small parts of the show like the whistling of the birdie going through Mm -hmm. the air like the um just like the kind of the sounds of like the redirects like the when they redirect their motion um the squeaking of their shoes like all of it is done really really well the kind of stuff you really like to see out of an intense sports anime um, and it just kind of comes to us from a really unexpected place. It's not, it's, it's, we've been talking about how like, oh, what if a sports anime wasn't a shonen? Mm. And this is kind of it. We kind of have this, this seinen sports anime that it, it just seems really interesting. Uh, yeah. I'm really into it. Um, it's, it's probably one of, uh, it's one of very few shows that is not about high school sports. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, I, and I really like that. And I, I like this kind of weird league that they're in that's like it's like a professional but like yeah well they're they're probably doing one of the things where they're making a sport more important in the show than it is in real life but i'm I'm along for the ride yeah absolutely also the music is by fox capture plan so it's fantastic yeah um definitely recommend this show like if you like sports anime or even if you don't like this one is 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 definitely a must watch for you yeah and we have another sports anime which you're gonna tell me about yeah so this one is uh i didn't expect it to be as engaging as it was 
Um, and it's Futsal Boys. You'll notice I said Futsal, not football. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, this one comes out on Sundays. Uh, it's going to air on Funimation from Dio Medea. They did Campion. Uh, Problem Children are coming from another world, aren't they? Ahiro no Sora, which definitely points out in this one. Um, domestic Girlfriend and My Girlfriend is a Show Bitch. I also have not seen or know anything about Problem Children are coming from another world, aren't they? But I just thought that title was hilarious. It is a pretty good title. Um <laughs> In this one, in a world over a decade after Futsal has skyrocketed in global popularity, Haru Yama, uh, Yamato watches the championship of the Under-18 World Cup and is inspired by a Japanese player named Tokinari Tenoji. He joins the Koyo Academy High School's futsal team with the goal of becoming a player like Tenoji. There, he finds friends, and together they face their rivals. Now, I know the question you're all asking is, what is futsal? Um, futsal, which is spelled F-U-T-S-A-L. I might be mispronouncing it. I don't really know. Futsal. Um, futsal. This, uh, it is a real sport. Uh, it is a variation of soccer. Um, so it is played on a smaller court, a lot of times indoors. Um, it's going to be five on five teams. And apparently it kind of, it really emphasizes like, like ball control and like really intelligent plays over the kind of, uh, like, like long scale action that you would normally get in like a football, like a soccer game. Um, it's apparently very popular, really only in Spain. Um, but, uh, but for, you know, as far as it, it being a sport for sports anime, it's perfect because it gives you, it gives you the leeway because people don't know what it is. So people mm -hmm. don't have many attachments to it. It gives you the leeway to kind of really get deep into like the lore of the game. So like all of the players have like their specialty shots. Like, oh, yeah. like some of them, like Great. they have like a rising dragon shot yes. where a kid, like he kicks the ball really high up in the air and he jumps and he does a front flip and smacks it into oh, the goal. Okay. I'm into or like it. you have like the spinning rubber band kicks. Like they, I love it. it. That's if you like that, you would also like Hinamaro Sumo. Yeah. Like this, this one is very much in that kind of vein of like a very traditional kind of goofy sports anime, um, with really good sakuga. Um, like all of the different like special moves have their own like little drawing. So like oh, you'll I'm get like check a, this one out. like a neon blue dragon for like the rising dragon shot. Um, the boys who play the sport have really interesting and unique. Uh, well, I wouldn't say new. They have interesting personalities. You get the same kind of dynamic you get out of a lot of sports anime where, like, you have the main character who's, like, kind of hyper and a little full of himself. He's a little in over his head. And then you have the other, the character who is, like, a kind of a tsundere character who's not friendly. He doesn't want to play with this guy. He has, he's, like, a prodigy at the sport, but he has a dark oh, past. Where have I heard this? Yeah, like, from. every other sports anime you've ever watched. <laughs> um... But, you know, it's done well. It's really interesting. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. It was kind of like, for me, like an also-ran. Like, I added it to the list because I was like, oh, well, we have badminton, but I don't want to have just one sports anime, and this one's coming out, so I should add it to the list. And I did, and, like, I was really glad I watched it. Um, and I'm going to keep watching it because I'm enjoying learning about this, like, kind of sport that, like, I don't have any interest in soccer, but this sport seems neat. Yeah. Like, you know? We're still not going to play it. No, I'm still not going to play it, no. <laughs> the, the only sport I'm going to pick up from a sports anime is boxing, so I can get a CTE. Yeah. Um, up for our last anime, we have Life with an Ordinary Guy Who Is Reincarnated Into a Total Fantasy Knockout, yeah. which is a hell of a title. It is. Uh, it airs on Wednesdays on Crunchyroll. It comes at us from OLM Team Yoshi Yoshioka. Mm -hmm. uh, they are a subsidiary studio of OLM, and this is their first project. Ooh. Yeah. Um, 
a dull old man and his handsome best friend were summoned to another. All right, I need to, to stop you right there, best friend, because when they, and this, this has been annoying me all freaking day, and I need to talk about it now. When they refer to old man, uh-huh. he's 32. That's old man. I'm 31. I'm 34. Like, I don't feel good about that. Anyway, I'm, I'm basically ancient. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> um... So, <laughs> a dull old man of 32 and his handsome best friend were summoned to another world by a naked goddess. However, because of uh, the goddess of mischief, he has turned into an unaccountably beautiful girl? Question mark, exclamation mark. Um, to get back his body, he has to go on a journey with his best friend to defeat the demon king. An old man that has become beautiful girl and a handsome old man let the madness-filled rom-com journey in another world begin. It sounds so problematic, and it somehow is not. Yeah, it's somehow, like, I'm reserving judgment on whether or not it's problematic. It could still turn out to be problematic, but it is in, it is asking a lot of intelligent and thoughtful and interesting questions um, so far. So I'm interested to see where they go with it. And here's what I will say. If you are into, like, Love is War, this show yeah. will hit a lot of the same notes. It has that kind of dynamic, but in a very definitely unique way. Yeah. Um, um, it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, if you want a good rom-com, uh, I think this is a surprising hit yeah. for you. I enjoy, I enjoy the kind of, like, Dragon Warrior text boxes that appear like when they're looking at like when they're looking at their abilities and stuff because that is like cut straight from like Dragon I, Warrior Final I Fantasy. also like that they like interact with the like sound and effect bubbles that come out yes they them. do like at one point she gets angry that like so um the sound effect is Kune, which is like a heartbeat, like a Doki Doki kind of uh, yeah. sound effect. And like she's angry that her heart did that. She's like, what do you mean, Kune? And she grabs the sound effect and throws it off screen. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, it was. There's a lot of good jokes in this show. It's very funny. Um, it's really, really interesting to see like the kind of power dynamic between the two. Um, I did not. I This show wasn't on the list. I wasn't planning to watch it. Um, you added it to the list, and yeah. having watched three episodes of it, I really, really enjoy it. Yeah, uh, it, it just it seemed like such an absurd premise that I had to check it out, and I was glad that I did. Absolutely. Um, and as far as movies, uh, we've got anime movies. One is missing from this list, but we talked about it earlier. It's Kukudu's Dones Island for Mobile this Suit season. Um, oh, it's not. It's coming out in October. You're right. It's not this season. Yeah, get um, out of here. I'm, I'm listening. I'm ahead of myself. Um, we have Fruits Basket Prelude. Yeah, uh, that comes out February 18th in Japan. There's no uh, North American release date yet, so we're not going to really get too into it. But uh, it's made by TMS Entertainment, who did Dr. Stone, Rent-A-Girlfriend, Orange, D. Gray Man, Fruits Basket 2019, Kami Teasing Master, Takigawa-san, uh, Megalobox, Detective Conan, Baki, Jitsu, Wa, Watashi, Wa, mm-hmm. uh, Mushi Pedal, and Sonic X. Um yeah, it's uh, it's fruits basket, but it's Toru's parents. Yeah, it's um, like a, it's like the prequel, apparently. Yeah, so I, I'm excited to see it. Um, we don't know much about it. I kind of want to keep spoiler free on this one. Um, yeah, and yeah, there's just not a lot to go off. So uh, that's our we'll anime you know. movie. Yeah, that's our anime movie. Uh, yeah, and before we wrap it up for the day, you know, we had to get back into you know our top ten lists. So sure. we have a top ten list for this week, and that is the top ten anime you might have missed last year, but should definitely watch. Um, 
These yeah. are not really any particular order. We're, we're not going to talk too much about them because we did just do a whole yeah. set of episodes we about just, last season. You know, if, if, you know, this season, you know, has like a handful of things. But if you're looking, you know, if you watched all the main shows last year and you're looking to pick up a few hidden gems, here's here's a couple. Yeah. So the first one we're going to talk about is actually one that we forgot to add to our list for the... Um, uh, fall 2021 when we discussed it uh, in our oh, OVA yeah. series um, but it is banished from the heroes party I decided to live a quiet life in the countryside um, this show was a sleeper it was honestly it could it, it was one of the best romance shows from that season um, it had a really really wholesome romance it had an interesting and unique fantasy story to tell um, it kind of uh, a lot of people were like oh it's just another slice of life but it's really not um, it's an interesting dynamic where like the main storyline is kind of about this guy who just wants to live this slow life in the countryside. He opens an apothecary, kind of goes through that. But in the background is where the actual action is taking place because the hero's party that he leaves is still out there doing things, fighting evil. And the way that that story is told in the background with this kind of slice of life story in the foreground is really cool, really well done. Um... And they, of course, do cross at, at some point. Um, but, uh, yeah, definitely give this show a watch if you're interested in any kind of anime uh, for adventure, for kind of slice of life, but also if you want a romance uh, or a fantasy. Yeah. Up next is I've been killing slimes for 300 years and I maxed out my level. Love it. Uh, it it's This is just a super sweet little, like, slice of life isekai um, all-female cast, like, if you just want something cute and fun to sit down with, this is, like, our, like, uh, like, get the stress out of your body after, like, a long day of work anime show. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, we would definitely check it out. It's super cute. I love that show. Yeah, next up we have The Duke of Death and His Maid. Um, I feel like this one kind of ended up, a lot of people didn't really give it its due because the the art and animation style is a little out there, but I definitely encourage you if you're into like rom com or drama at all, you should give this one a shot. It's really well written. The story is really interesting and engaging. Yes, the animation can be a little off putting at times. It is definitely a stylistic choice that maybe I might not have made. But it's a good romance. Yeah, the show, the story, really, really fantastic and well done. Yeah. Um, up next, if you're looking for uh, another like. Uh, sports anime to check out. Uh, you can check out Skate the Infinity. It's just a solid, like, 12-episode show. It has a story. It has a good character arc. You feel complete at the end of it. Um, the visuals are really great. Uh, the music's really great. Um, just fun top to bottom. Like, it's just a, it's a good way to spend, like, a weekend. Absolutely. Um, next up, we have the Akatope on White Sand. Uh, again, uh, we I talked about this at length during our OVA series, so I'm not going to say too much about it other than to say like this is a fantastic drama. Um, it's got a lot of really interesting turns. It, it it talks a lot about growing up and you know maturing and like what happens when your dreams don't work out. Um, I think a lot of people thought this was going to be a slice of life. I did too when I first started watching it, but um, it definitely does not uh, kind of hold up with that dynamic. It turns out to be a really interesting drama. Um, and I think if that's something that appeals to you, you should definitely give the show a shot. 
Yeah. Um, the next show is Vivi Fluorite Eyes Song, which is such a hard show to recommend to people because who can remember that title? Right, yeah. Uh, um, but it's basically about like an AI trying to stop the AI apocalypse. And they and the story takes place over the course of 100 years. Uh, and it features some of the best fight choreography from 2021. Um, and is just a really great story. If you like the story of Terminator, there's a good chance you'll like uh, Vivi. Hell yeah. Um our next item on this list is Wonder Egg Priority. Um, and now I know when I talked about this one on our last episode or, our, or during our OVA series, I did mention that the ending doesn't quite stick the landing. And that is true. But I do still think you should watch it because it just has such a unique um, system of like battles and power systems. Um, and it's just a really, this is kind of like, it's not the kind of way where like Darling in the Franks or like Promise Neverland where like the show fails to stick the landing and it's ruined forever. <laughs> Um, like this show is definitely worth watching. Like the, yeah, the ending kind of slips up a little bit, the but ride um, is worth it. Yeah. It's definitely worth it to, to see where it goes. Even if you just, you watch it to the end of the show and you never watch like the special, the special episode that comes mm -hmm. after it, that might be the best way to go. That's kind of how I ended up and I'm not mad about it. Yeah. So definitely give this show a shot. Um, we're getting into our top three here. So these are ones that are actually in order. The other ones we were just kind of put on the list wherever they were. But these are the top three anime that you should you might have missed, but should definitely watch. First, uh, the number three, we have Otherwise. Uh, otherwise. Otherwise Picnic. Otherwise Picnic. No, Other Side Picnic. This one, um, it passed a lot of people by, but uh, I definitely think it's worth going back to revisit it because... It's um, definitely a hidden gem. Like, not a ton of people were talking about yeah, it. Yeah, it didn't get a lot of buzz online. Not a lot of people talked about it, but like... First of all, the animation, the monsters were really well done. Mm -hmm. um, the mystery story is kind of one of the better ones that we had all year. Um, I really just can't recommend this show highly enough. I, I think if, if you're into action, if you're into mystery, if you're into horror, um, if you're into Yuri, this might be a show for you. Uh, mm -hmm. You should definitely give it some thought. Yeah. Um, the the runner-up, uh, the second place show that you should check out is Higehiro after being rejected I shaved and took in a high school runaway um yeah it's just a good show it's a good drama um you know it it seems problematic and it barely skirts the line but yeah it leaves you in a very satisfying place I feel like a lot of people pass this one by because of the title and if you were one of those if you looked at the title and you were like no gross weird I highly encourage you to give this show. There's shot. also some matchy moments, so like heads up on that front. Yeah, but, don't don't but, don't, it, but it is it is towards the service of the plot. Yeah, it is not what the the title suggests. Yes. Um, and our number one anime you might have missed, but should definitely watch from last year, uh, is Super Cub. Um, this one, it it it, it, it just I feel like it was so good. That even people who don't generally get interested for like a slice of life will be interested in the show. And I think that's because it does one thing that slice of life does tend to not do well sometimes. And that is tell a compelling and overarching story. Whereas a lot of slice of life tends to be kind of episodic in nature. Where like you could pick up one episode or another episode. And like while there may be a through line it's not necessarily quite as solid. So it kind of sometimes feels like each episode is his own show. Um, this one does not do that. It definitely tells more of a kind of drama-based, um, linear storyline uh, for a slice of life. And it's just super cute. Like, uh, if you didn't watch this show, please go watch it. It's so worth it. 
Um, it's got a little bit of something for everybody. Yeah. And and that's our list. Check out those shows. Um, check out some of the shows we mentioned uh, for the winter 2022 season. Yeah. And that's our first episode of our second season. Thank yeah. you, Best Buds, for coming along for season two. We got a lot of wild and fun things planned. And uh, we look forward to sharing them with y'all. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go season two, 2022, starting with the winter. Winter.